With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Good morning, everybody. What's happening? My name is Lincoln Kennedy. We are the fellas. Uh, you, you know, I don't even know where to begin. After everything that's happened this week and this past month from hard knocks, uh, everything, I just want to say good morning. It's happy to be with you. I'm happy to be with you. I'm happy that college football season has started going into week three. I'm happy the football season has started. Uh, Raiders got the Chiefs tomorrow at home. So this is going to be interesting. Um, when, when I look at this this week, and I've been asked many a times about what's going on uh, with A.B., the team, the attitude, I could just say, just like John Gruden said, it's over. They've moved on. And right now, A.B. is a part of the New England Patriots. So good for him. But I'm happy to be with you. And I'm hoping everybody's having a good time today and, and everything's uh, safe. Uh, after all the storms, I hope everyone's in, in a good place right now because it's going to be an exciting sports weekend. One thing I do know that when we're talking about college football, we'll get into all of it today. We'll get your pro picks, get the breakdowns of some games. But I'm really excited about college football. And and I'm more excited about college football, especially after last night. Now, look, for what it's worth, watching Wazoo and Houston go at it, uh, it, it, it was what it was. You, you have the battle of the offenses. You saw, you know, probably flashes of defense. But it was a whole lot better than that Thursday night game. That Thursday night game was painful. Um, and I want to bring in my buddy to talk about it after the update, Kevin Figures, when he's finished. Um, but the, the the fact of the matter is that when you watch the Buccaneers and Panthers go at it, I, I don't know really what I was expecting to see, but I thought I was going to see a whole lot better than that. I mean, for what it's for what it's worth, watching the two quarterbacks struggle, um, first of all, my assessment camp, I think his shoulder is still not strong like it was. Let's put it that way. And the reason why I say that is last year, I remember watching the Indianapolis Colts come to Oakland and Andrew Luck uh, had the year before in 2017 had had shoulder surgery and it looked like he didn't have the same zip on the ball. He wasn't able to complete the balls that he did in the past 
And Frank Wright and the head coach and staff had to sort of adjust the game plan. Now, as the season progressed, his arm got stronger. The Colts found themselves in a, in a good position where they ended up going into the playoffs. And Andrew Luck played a whole lot better. And I think the same thing is going to be said for the Carolina Panthers. But inaccuracy, poor arm strength, uh, and just more importantly, not having the overall confidence is what I saw Cam Newton going through Thursday night. Um, and, you know, of course, the hairstyle and everything else is a side subject, but we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> but the fact is, is that I saw him struck. Now, for Jameis Winston, it to me, it's not about arm strength. It's just inaccuracy. And, and, and look, when you look at the stats and you look at you know, the stats can be a little misleading. Watch the flow of the game. Watch how inconsistent it was even for teams to get in rhythm with the the storm thursday night look everyone hates thursday night and usually statistically speaking the home team does a little bit better mainly because they're in a little more comfortable surroundings rather than the road team and there were times where you saw carolina you know beat up on defense and, and take control but the fact not scoring a touchdown and of course everyone wants to go back to the fourth down and one call um with christian mccaffrey and Cam Newton, and then talk about you know whether or not the team's got confidence. Look, when when you when it comes down to it, it's it's the it, it's the Philly special without the you know the, the reverse and the play. You got the hand, and you're trying to fool the defense. I understand it. I get it. It's not diminishing someone's capacity or role in the game. Yes, Cam Newton, six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds, two hundred forty pounds, whatever it is. Um, but the, but the truth of the matter is that sometimes you want to take it out of his hands because you think the defense is going to come in, you know, come down on him or, you know, or, or, or want to try to, uh, you know, cover him up. Their offensive line wasn't doing well. So don't think that you're just going to be able to push a sneak. This is a different Carolina team and it has been for some time and years past. I know people got used to the run game that Carolina had and the power of the fact that they could run the, uh, you know, the power run game. And even when they had the run pass option with Cam, um, the, his big body. And his style of play was a little bit, you know, hard for defenses. But I think we're beyond that. Because in all honesty, if you have Cam Newton and you want him to be your franchise quarterback of the future, you have to limit those hits, not add to him. The RPO, that adds to him. If he keeps the ball, that adds to him. When you call that play, you run the risk of him keeping the ball, of him getting hit. And then all of a sudden, where are you? So you got to kind of get away from that. They're going to rely heavily this year on Christian McCaffrey, which they should. At the same point, you know, this is this is the durability issue that, that running backs run into. But this is the the way of the league. And I just think that as many hits as Cam's taken, and he's going to continue to take because that offensive line desperately needs some work. You know, that you don't want to put him in harm's way more than you have to by running this run pass option stuff. You know, this RPO stuff. This is a this you're going to put him more in harm's way. So I can see why they took the ball out of his hand on that fourth down. More importantly, what I was most disturbed with the entire game is that blown calls by the refs that you see on national TV. That's the more disturbing factor. We live in a time where, where, where everything is under constant scrutiny. And every, even the buildup for this week, the Rams and Saints games, goes back to last year, the, the scrutiny of the penalty, or lack there was, lack thereof. And then you, you, see, you see blatantly, you know, in a critical situation in the game, the refs move the ball up and give him first down. Well, that could if if they were, if 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 Tampa Bay would end up uh, 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 Carolina would end up winning on that one, Tampa Bay lost that game. That would be wrong for so many reasons. But even when you come down to the final play, there were people who were saying, you know, just like Coach Rivera was calling for, the ball was over the line. It's not matter where he went out of ball, went out of bounds, the ball was over the line. 
And I think people at home notice that because I noticed that. I was like, wait, it's awfully close. You know, this can go either way. Fourth down and one, he stretches outside, out of bounds. He didn't touch out of bounds, but he went over the line. Ball went over the line out of bounds. Technically, by the, 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 the writing of the rule, that's supposed to be a first down. But the game was sloppy. And I, I don't know about you, but I was, I was glad it ended when it did end <laughs> because I was getting tired of watching bad football. Uh, for that being said, it's, it's early in the season. You're going to get a lot of that. And I think a lot of people saw bad football, depending on which, which side you are, you're on. So, um, you know, we're, 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 like I said, we're going to get into it, but now I want to, want to draw closure to the whole, uh, Antonio Brown situation. Like we said before, now these are part of the New England Patriots. Everyone knows about the lawsuit. Everyone knows why the NFL, including the, uh, the Patriots and the Raiders didn't know about the lawsuit because of confidentiality. And to be honest, and I'll just add my little two cents because I've, I've talked about it and, and I tried to, you know, scrub it over the last couple of weeks and try to figure out what it is. I've talked to Antonio Brown before. I met him when he was at the Raiders. Uh, I talked to him a couple of times throughout Hard Knocks, the, the time Hard Knocks was there. Nothing was on, on camera, but, um, you know, when he was there, I don't disagree with anything the Raiders did and the way they handled it. Um, I thought Mike Mayock was, was was forcing an up you know awkward situation where his his position in the organization was challenged. If he did not find Antonio Brown for missing some time, doesn't matter. He would have looked as though he's given favorable treatment, and you can't, especially when you're a new GM. You can't do that. You can't do that. And the fact that they they limited the fine to where it was. Um, you know, 50 grand or something like 55 or $55,000, whatever it was, uh, showed me that they were giving them a break and we'd look, look, you got $30 million guaranteed. We find you this, this is nothing, right? Okay. It's a drop in the bucket. You're going to spend this on, you know, your chef and your personal masseuse and everything this year. So this is nothing. But the fact that after, uh, you know, Antonio came in and printed the letter or, you know, showed the letter, I scratched my head. I was like, what is this guy doing? What, what does he think he's going to achieve by this? So now you're forcing the hand of the general manager again. You're going to put me on blast. You're going to put me on front street. Okay. You know, you're sitting down. You're not practicing today. Now, and for reports that I had, the day after Antonio Brown got that fine, he went to practice. And every time he caught a ball, he would throw it over. If anyone knows the Raiders situation in Oakland, they're right next to the Oakland airport. So their facility backs up to the Oakland airport. So it was reported that every time he caught a ball or any time he was involved in something, he would take the ball, either kick it or throw it over the fence, basically acting like a spoiled child. Then when somebody called him on it, he got in their faces and then the whole sort of, you know, uh, little shoving stuff kind of went around, uh, including him, you know, his, his name calling him Mayock. So at that particular point, Mike Mayock is tired of it. He wants to be done with it. He wants him out. He's ready from the go. But from what it what it seemed to me is that John Gruden stepped in like, dude, we need this guy. Let's give him another chance. Let's let's do it. So for all intents and purposes, send a man home. That that's happened many a times. I've seen it many a times in my career and throughout my days of covering the game. Send him home. You know, let let cooler heads prevail. Then Gruden calls him, and then of course we see the music video on IG or YouTube, whatever the hell it was, social media. Uh, that's what brought us to the point where you had to make a decision. And the decision had to come because there was no end to what had started with the whole social media, the fact that he could not get enough of being exposed, being out there doing his thing, doing his own thing, was so anti-team. 
Now, I know I know personally that this team still stood by him because they wanted him. They loved his personality. They thought he was great. And, and, and Derek Carr and everybody thought, you know, hey, this is a superstar receiver. The things that we can do with this guy in our, on the locker room and our team, boom, boom, boom. But at the same point, it came a time where, you know, even the team got tired of discussing him because now it became an everyday soap opera, just like it was in Pittsburgh. And what frustrated me is that he hadn't even played a down yet in a Raider football uniform. Not one down, not in preseason. So all this stuff is just off of pure hype. Oh, we can plan to do this. He can do that and all that other stuff. But you hadn't seen it yet. And he was now a total disruption on the team. And even when the team stood by him and he came back and gave his apology and everything else and then the music video and, of course, Gruden tried to laugh it off. But by that point, you know, if you're the Raiders, you got to pull. You got you to gotta let him go. Because now it's not about the organization not wanting to pay you. It's the fact that you're making the organization look bad and you haven't played it down. So that's why I say I agree with what they did. Now, New England jumped on it. Some people think it's a conspiracy. Look, New England won them back in March. It was first reported New England won them back in March, but they weren't willing to pay the price that the Steelers were asking for. So they dropped it. Now they got him on his roster. You know about the lawsuit. You know about the confidentiality. It's reported that he's going to play against um, uh, uh, Miami this weekend. Um, if anything further comes out, you know, there could be a time where he goes on the commissioner's exempt list. But right now, he's he, he's going to be a Patriot. And, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that under this system and under this organization, they're going to be successful. They're going to be successful without him. But just him there is like adding Randy Moss like they did back in the day. The potential to go up and score a bunch of points and score a bunch of touchdowns makes them that even greater. So it is what it is. Now it's the rest of the, the rest of the league and AFC have got to put up with it. So that's my little two cents on, on AB and, of course, the situation that, that happened with the Raiders. So I, it, we're moving on. We got Kansas City. The Raiders had a great game against Denver uh, this past Monday night. Um, but hopefully they can do it again against Kansas City, who's, got a, who's a lot more potent on offense. Uh, defense is getting better. So it, it's going to be an interesting day this weekend. But we got a whole lot of stuff we need to get into, including college football and kick it off. And I'll bring my boys in uh, the, after this break. But I want to I want everybody to understand this is going to be a wonderful weekend. A lot of fun. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. We're the fellas. We'll see you in a moment. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. 
Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We're coming to you live from Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car shorts. Visit Geico.com today for a free rate quote. I'm Lincoln Kennedy, and uh, and Anthony will be joining us shortly. Um, but we do have the rest of the guys. Uh, we got Chris on the panels. We got Ryan producing, and we got my my boy Figgy with updates. Figgy, good morning. How you doing, brother? Big Link, doing great. How about yourself? Man, I am worn out, but it's time for me to put my big boy pants on today because I've got the show, and we got to we got to talk about a number of things. First of all, let me let me just I want to take you back to Thursday night. I want to mm-hmm. get your impression. Um, I, I I can imagine the position that a quarterback in the National Football League is put in in these days, and I'm referring specifically to Cam Newton. Do you find it hard to take anything that comes out of his mouth seriously just based on his dress? <laughs> It's almost like he tries to use it to deflect from the fact that he's been playing poorly, especially the last couple of years. Um, right. So, yeah, especially when he's disappointed. So it's one thing when he's up there and he dress- he has the giant Elmer Fudd hat and right. he threw for 335 yards and four touchdowns and he's smiling and joking. But you stand up there and you look sad and you look like you have a dead peacock wrapped around your head. <laughs> it's just it's hard. It is absolutely hard to take him seriously with anything that he says. I, I will say this, though, Lincoln, for someone, and this goes all the way back to you know when he was in the Super Bowl and he had that controversial press conference where he basically just you know was just sulked the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's the first time that I can at least remember where he was actually holding himself accountable for his performance and the lack of a great performance by the offense you know he always he doesn't never necessarily blamed anybody else but he would never heap the blame upon himself like leaders you know you're you're around Derek Carr a lot oh yeah Derek will will be the first person to point the fingers and say I didn't play that well he could have nine passes dropped in the game and say like you know that's my fault Cam Newton throughout his career has never done that so and, and maybe it's gotten to a point now where it's just so undeniable you know where the next gen stats are so on that you know he missed like 80% of his wide open targets right, he's missed right. them completely. It's it's something that's undeniable at this point in time that he's the, he's the reason why their offense is struggling, but uh, I found that alarming that it was the first time that I can ever remember he actually owned up to the fact that he is the reason why their offense is struggling. 
Well, you know, and, and I, I agree with you. I, I had not heard him take the, the, the blame for a lot of things, but you know, he said in this, his press conference, all the fingers were pointing at, should be pointing at him because the defense and the special teams came through. But this is one of those things where if you don't watch the game, you don't watch the flow of the game, you sit there and say, well, well, he threw for 333 yards. Right. And, but then again, you, you if you want to be the analytical type of, well, he only completed 49% of his passes. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, right. Um, and, and he has the passer rating of what, 70.1, I think it is, or something like that. Yep. So all these things that come into view, the, the stats can be misleading. But, you know, it's got to be an odd position. Not an odd. Not, and I don't even want to say difficult because you're. It, it, this comes at a price when you're the highest paid, most recognized position on the field, especially in the world of professional sports today. You're you're the one who's making more money than than anyone in the locker room. You know, you're supposed to you got to you, you got to take this on the chin. This is part of it. Either stand up and be counted or just move aside and let someone else. And it's such a critical year for guys like Jameis Winston and and Cam Newton and stuff like that, because their future is, you know, relies on their performance. And your performance is great on by your wins and losses. Let's call it like it is. Yeah, no doubt. Well, especially for someone like Jameis, who had his fifth-year option picked up and the word extension wasn't even close to being discussed. I mean, this right. is as close to a prove-it year as you can get. I mean, Bruce Arians was brought in to try to fix him to a degree, but also recognize if this thing isn't working by week 10, 11, 12, we'll move forward and see what else we have. And possibly if they might be bad enough to be at the top of the draft and look at Justin Herbert or somebody else coming out of the draft this year. So Jameis Winston is definitely under pressure to perform well this year. And even in the victory, didn't look that great. And obviously didn't look that great against San Francisco either with a couple of pick sixes. Now, my impression of him is just it's more of inaccuracy. And and it's not – I don't even want to say lack of confidence because I still see him trying to get those balls in the small windows. But he's not very accurate, and I just don't know how successful you can be in the National Football League today, especially today, if you, one, don't have a consistent running game that you can fall back on. Um, and your defense is, is not bad, but, I mean, it, it's not necessarily lights out mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and how you can be successful if you're not with the quarterback play. So I agree with you there when it comes to Bruce Arians and, and this whole outlook for the Tampa Bay's future. Yeah, I, In the first two games, I've been under-impressed. You yeah, know, and, under-impressed. If, and if you're going to be a quarterback who's going to have some accuracy issues, which, you know, Cam kind of has his entire career. You know, that, that MVP year he had when they went to the Super Bowl against Denver – was almost like an anomaly. It was his highest completion percentage of his career. He's been most touchdown passes in his career. But outside of that, as a passer, he's always been inconsistent. But the running game, whether it was himself or the combination of Jonathan Stewart and DeAngelo Williams back in the day, that kind of lessened the burden on him. And it's almost like if you're Jameis Winston right now, you almost need to have some sort of running game to, to be able to help you out and maybe open up some of those windows for you. And they have not been able to run the ball consistently either. So it looks like, at least right now, similar to Marcus Mariota, who's also mm-hmm. in a similar situation. Now, he played solidly against uh, against the Browns, but they also ran the ball well too. Right. So Mariota, as you've noticed, and you would know this, Lincoln, you know when, he's, when you have to rely on him to be a passer to throw 40 times a game, that's when his flaws really start popping out and you can't really win games but if you can actually run the ball and take some of the burden off of him that helps I know that's not what you want to hear when you're talking about the first and second overall pick in the draft a couple of years ago but to this point in time five years into both of their careers that's essentially what they are you know what's interesting is that the the 
emphasis that people put on the words where a person was drafted and expect them to be game changers. Yeah. The fact is this, this game has been around longer than anyone's been on this earth. And so you, you, you want to sit there and, and say, well, because he's the first pick in the draft, he's supposed to be a trendsetter. He's supposed to be, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't matter who you are. More importantly, you know, if you're, if you're a guy who's coming in a quarterback, the reason why you draft him in the first round, especially a high pick is because you expect him to have an immediate impact on his team. Right. Well, that's, that's a wide that's that's a broad stroke what do you mean immediate impact well most of the time most general managers want you to come in and not turn over the ball and we use the phrase managing the game you know we don't want you to cause a bunch of mistakes of course we want you to be able to to do what you did in college whether it's through the air or with your legs or whatever it was we want you to do some semblance of that but more importantly we want your energy we want your charisma for the guys to rally around you and and all of a sudden you know you see this team come together as a team we want you to be that rallying point so when you look at you look at to me the Tennessee Titans now I did not see the performance I, I didn't see it coming what I mean is it, huh. the performance they had a week one Maybe did the Browns <laughs> Yeah. And so I, I think it's good for the conversation, especially for that division, especially after Andrew Luck sat, sat down and no one knows what the Colts are going to be and then all that stuff. Right. Uh, and the Jaguars are with it the way they are. So I, I think it's good for that, especially that division. But we're, are, are, we're not ready to crown them after one week. I mean, they beat the Browns. It's right. It's not like it's not like they, they took out the Patriots by 30. It's a little different. OK, I know what everybody's, you know, speculating the Browns would be, but it's a little bit different. So, you know, when you, you sit here and see where where Mariota is and what he's done. And I think the jury's still out because I think there are a lot of people who still think that Tannehill should probably be the starter. But well, you, you can't argue with the final the, the, the final whistle. Right. You look at the score, you see what you did in week one. You, you, you can't go back on that. Yeah. Well, the defense had a lot to do with that, too. When yeah. people forget in the midst of the Titans being perceived as not that great of a team, you know, their defense, you know, carried them last season. They won, what, eight or nine games last year. They right. were a good. They were an excellent defensive team. Um, so they're going to, again, have to ride that performance. I mean, it seemed as if in the preseason that Mariota and, and Tannehill were almost neck and neck, and Tannehill mm-hmm. honestly was, was beating them out. If you look at the stat sheet, we're going to talking about stats again. But, you know, the organization had invested so much in Marcus Mariota. If, he wasn't a, if it wasn't a clear-cut, you know, competition where Tannehill was beating him outright you have to give the former you know second overall pick a chance and so far in that first game and to your point against Cleveland who you know for the first time they're actually playing with real expectations and you know this as a player you know it's one thing to make a bunch of flashy signings and all that and and have some highlight plays like Baker did last year but when when the weight of the world is on your shoulders and everybody expects you to be a stupid look I think two of their next three games or three of their next four are primetime games right the Browns have never done that before right right you know so you don't know how a young team with expectations for their first time is going to react to that. And yet, and last week was just a your regular run-of-the-mill standard, you know, Sunday afternoon game. You know, they got the Rams coming up on Sunday night. You got the Jets. Thank goodness for them that they don't have, uh, you know, Sam Darnold to face against kissing Monday disease. night. Yeah, they, they all kiss, he was he was kissing Molly behind the science building uh, between third and fourth period. So he got he got mono. So he's out. Can you imagine if they find a way to lose to the Jets on Monday, though? Oh, my goodness. I mean, how devastating of a loss would that be for a Cleveland team that had these type of expectations coming into the season? Well, I mean, it, it's it's something that actually I want to get into. But first, why don't you tell me what's trending, my friend? All right, we got some college football on 
Friday night. Starting the Pac-12, your Pac-12 there, Lincoln. There your, you go. your arch nemesis, uh, the Washington State Cougars, and Mike Leach, uh, 20th in the country. They came away with a 31-24 victory over Houston. Anthony Gordon, their good-looking quarterback, 440 yards passing, three scores. Wazoo moves to 3-0 and on the season. After staging comebacks against South Carolina and Miami the last couple of weeks, North Carolina Almost dug themselves out of another hole on Friday. They were down 21 to nothing against Wake Forest. Wake Forest would hold on for a 24 to 18 win. The Kansas Jayhawks, they had lost 48 straight road games to Power 5 schools before Friday night. They stunned Boston College on the road 48 to 24. Jayhawks approved to 2 and 1 on the season. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In baseball, Cleveland and the Twins were rained out. They will play a doubleheader later today. The Twinkies lead the Tribe by three and a half games in the American League Central. Tampa Bay, a one-game lead over Cleveland for the final wild card. The Rays hit five home runs and a blowout win over the Angels. Milwaukee had their seven-game win streak snapped by the Cardinals. The Cardinals do have a four-game lead over the Brewers in the Central. Milwaukee just a game back of the Cubs for the final wild card, though. And the Dodgers getting a victory over Noah Syndergaard and the Mets, dropping the Mets to three games behind the third playoff, or the final playoff spot, I should say, in the National League. We'll go back to Lincoln Kennedy. And we are the fellas. This segment is brought to you by GEICO. We are coming to you live from the GEICO Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote today and figure out which way is easier. Uh, I got to bring you in, Figgy, on these Browns. (laughs) Now, I've got a lot of friends who are Browns fans, and and I love them dearly because I I can respect and appreciate when you're a fan of a team, you know, based on the fact it's where you grew up, it's civic pride, it's all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I, and then for a long time, there have been, there, the, the Browns fans faithful have been waiting to be, the talk of the town, if you will, right. in a positive way. But what's happened is it's become all negative. And I'm finding myself, you know, as I'm doing my research throughout the week where I'm talking about OBJ's watch, <laughs> um, Greg Williams is, is out to, you know, is out to hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know, I know guys that coach you. Yeah, yeah, they told totally, me. Here's what I'll say to that. I've been every team I've ever played for. When you're talking about the opponent, you point out who their stars are. And it goes without saying, you don't have to come out and say, well, if you if he's out of the game, he's no longer a factor. You know that. Right. And and, and I don't look, there there are guys that I played with, I would I could probably say, look, you're trying to, you know, maliciously, not necessarily maliciously, but you're trying to take him out of the game. However you want to phrase it, you're trying to take him out of the game because I want to give my chance, my team a better chance to win. Hell, I know as an offensive tackle. If I looked across the line and I saw a defensive tackle who had one ankle spatted up thick and the other one wasn't, hey, that ankle's bothering you, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to pay particular attention to it. Now, I'll get up after the game, shake his hands, talk about a family, everything else. But during the game, that ankle's mine. Right. It, it's like a rib that's dripping with, with uh, uh, some, some barbecue sauce. I'm mm-hmm. going to get it. We're going we to slob on that rib. <laughs> that's the fun. So the fact that you know, OBJ complains that you know, Greg Williams is a, is, a, is a dirty coach, I don't, I, don't, I, mean, I don't necessarily agree with it in the sense that you know, define dirty. He's telling his players to take you out. Well, that gives him a better chance of winning. Yeah, I mean, and, and this this rampant throughout the league where you say, hey, yeah. this guy has a banged up knee, so uh, do that cut block a little more exactly. harder on the left side than the right. Like, that's that's something that goes on fairly often. 
Yeah, it, it, it does. And and more importantly, you also look at some of the size of these guys. Yeah. When you talk about the size difference, if you're a defensive back who's 5'10", 205, whatever, and you're going against a receiver who's, what, 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds, mm-hmm. you really think you're going to be able to bring him down up top? Yeah, right, right. Let me tackle you high around your shoulders, Larry Fitzgerald. Let me see if I get you. I'm gonna ride your back. It's like that. It's it's like that Geico commercial where the guy's dragging Jerome Bettis is dragging. I got your back. I got your flag. <laughs> right. I got your what? That's exactly what's happening. Right. So I mean, it, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But I just hear a lot of crying and not a whole lot of production coming out of the Browns camp. Now where that puts them is like I've been on teams. I've seen teams where you're talented on paper, and I still think it's only one game. Yep. I still think the Browns can turn things around. But they've got to get, you know, Freddie Kitchens has got his his, his 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 work cut out for him. Well, isn't this what in lies the problem, too, when you have all of these personalities in the locker room and things don't go well? It has the potential to snowball very quickly. When you have someone like Baker Mayfield, who's, you know, who's never short on something to say. Odell right. Beckham Jr., the gregarious personality. You know, let Odell Beckham go a couple of weeks without getting his catches or Baker Mayfield struggle or the team not do as well as they're supposed to. And, you know, the potential of a team people thought could possibly win 10, 12 games. I think they had the second most Super Bowl bets placed on them in Vegas at a couple of sports books. Yeah. The second most behind Kansas City was the Browns. Mm. Um, So there was a lot of high expectations for this team, or at least people that had a lot of faith in them. The the fear for I like Baker Mayfield personally. I love the fact that he has a little bit of bravado to him. Um, so it's, it's, it's a situation that I definitely root for, but it does scare you. It makes you think, man, if they start one and three or two and five, you know, the potential with a, with a, someone who's never been a head coach before, who this time last year was a receivers coach or whatever he was last year, you know, it just, it, it does, it has a recipe for disaster written all over it if things falls off the rail early. It was, I think it was three years ago. I had a chance to sit down with Baker Mayfield when he was a Walter Camp All-American. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love the kid. I love the kid. And this is before the draft, and, and this is before anyone knew where he was going, and there was all the speculation he might end up the Jets or whatever. And he had an infectious personality where I felt like I wanted to go out and block for him. Nice. So I agree with the sentiment. I like Baker Mayfield, too. I would like for him to be successful. And I don't mind if you're a quarterback and you talk a little trash. I think the world needs it at time, but you have to back it up. And what I mean by that is you can't go out and throw three interceptions. Right. You just can't. You, you, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta go out and you gotta do what you gotta do. Well, actually, one, inf- one interception, I think it was last week, but you can't, you can't lead your team down or not, let your team down by not, by turning over the ball, right? I mean, that, that just makes sense. You did, that's what you're there for is to take care of the ball, not turn it over. So, yeah. especially when the game is on the line, if there was a couple of pick six. That game mm-hmm. was within reach early in the right. fourth quarter. The 43 to 13, it looks a little bit deceiving, but that was right. a much closer game for three quarters of the way through it before it just kind of came apart in the fourth quarter. That when it's quote unquote winning time and you're at home, those are plays you have to be able to make. Yeah, and and yeah, I was right. Three interceptions, uh, and then the Jets on the other side. I don't, I don't. I just. I think there are teams. I say this. I use this term because I. I think it's applicable in so many ways because I've never. I don't. I can't understand it. There are teams to me that are just snake bitten. They're yeah. just. It's and I in. <laughs> You feel like the Jets, the Chargers have been that way for yeah, the last the decade, it seems, for whatever it's like, reason? It's like, here I come into the season thinking the Chargers. I was all high on the Chargers. Yeah. And trust me. I mean, it's a divisional opponent. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be high. But I'm thinking that, oh, you know, they learned the lessons from last year. Right. I want to see somebody challenge the Patriots, probably challenge the Chiefs. And I think that Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback that, you know, is probably going to get there. I think they have everything going for them. Yep. 
Then the Melvin Gordon thing happens. I'm like, okay, that takes a little bit of light. Then Derwin James goes down. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, dude, if there's not one thing, it's another. Yeah, Russell Okunga's like, out. You know, exactly. with a heart it's like, problem. <laughs> it's, it's like what? What? You can't even. For all the talk that we go through with preseason, all the hype that goes into the NFL season, and then all of a sudden you're starting the season and none of the stars play. You want to rest them. You want to take care of them. You want to protect them, whatever. Okay, I get it. I understand the logistics. I understand that. Right. Then you come out of the first season, Nick Foles goes down with a seasoning and an injury. Mm-hmm. Well, what good was protecting him there if you lose him on play one in, in, in the regular season or whatever? I mean, right. all these things that happen and you talk about the Chargers, you know, and it's like, man, we, we did everything we could to protect you. Now we can't even get through a month of football without something devastating happen. The same thing about the Jets. I mean, yeah. And I'm not, I, I don't, I, I wish Sam Darnold a speedy recovery. I don't know what, how you recover from mononucleosis, but hey, you know. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think like 90, I think I saw a study this week, like 90% of adults can't even get it. You're like, whatever immunity you build up at like the age of like 14 or something, if right. you haven't gotten it. So it's extremely rare when somebody like over the age of 18 actually gets mono. That's the striking part for me. How does it's, even how does that even happen? He has to stay home so, because he's highly contagious. I don't want to laugh at the man. I don't, but I'm thinking to myself when I first heard it, that's what you get for drafting a teenager. I'm just <laughs> yeah. but he was a grown man. Right. So, right. so I mean, but you you can't predict these things. You no. just your quarterback is down probably for most of the season with mono. Yeah. At least a month it seems like. I can't and, and then of course he's gonna be so out of you know, whack by mm-hmm. not being able to be around and not being able to practice. How are you going to be able to bring in? Then you what? You don't have a throw count, a play count, right? For your quarterback, you know that's that's crazy. So, and then with the you know with with um, uh, Bell and his his issues and all the other issues going around this team, I just don't know what to make of the Jets. So again, the Patriots line up division because we know how bad the Dolphins are going to be. Yeah, and, and oh uh, by the way, just the way they lost that game, you talk about gut wrenching. You know, you look up, they're up seventeen nothing, and they're dominating the game. You blink and turn around, and all of a sudden the Bills have the lead. You're like, what? What just happened? What? What? what huh? <laughs> what? What? All their all their main draft choices. I mean, their main their number one draft choices that is down. I mean, all the all the hype that was surrounding the Jets. Oh, the Jets are going to do big things. Right. <laughs> Is all fall by and, wayside. And by the way, Darnold didn't necessarily look great either. He had a couple no. of wide open receivers that he missed downfield too. You Maybe know? he was feeling the beginning effects of the mono. Maybe it, he could, and it could have been. You're right. That's something that we didn't even think about. But it's very, <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> Got to stop smooching uh, Molly. You know, at the uh, oh you man, know. see that's just that's, well, I'm sorry. You still, know, <laughs> I know it's tempting. I get it. Trust me, Sam. I get it, brother. I understand. <laughs> Oh my goodness! And when look on the other side, figure I want to get your, I want to draw your attention to the Dolphins because it looks like everybody's oh. trying to bail as quickly as possible. Uh, we're going to talk about that on the other side. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. He's Kevin Figures. We are the fellas. We'll be right back. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Radio, the fellas. Figgy is uh, joining me. I'm Lincoln Kennedy, and we're having a little bit of fun chatting about uh, football and the teams. And, and this segment is brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 50% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote today. Figgy, um, before we break this uh, this, fine, this hour, I, I, I've never seen a situation like that is of Miami. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I mean by that is that when you hear all the reports that you're tanking for a better future or whatever, you, I hate to use the word tanking, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, they got shellacked uh, uh, against Baltimore. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was. It, and now everybody's once out, including uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, their first round draft choice, who's, mm-hmm. who's the main talk today because there's a number of teams that are interested in, is, in, in him. Um, have you ever seen anything like this? No, it's bizarre. And because I was going to ask you the same thing as a player that's been in the league. We hear about like you know locker rooms turning on coaches and and player revolts and all that, but I've never heard a report that Mike Florial had earlier this week saying that the Dolphins players have told their agents we want out, or their veteran players have said that we want nothing to do with this organization because it. They basically are. They haven't said it explicitly, but it's what the 76ers did for a long time. Right, they right. put together a roster they know is not going to be able to compete, so they can tank for higher draft picks. And the Mika Fitzpatrick situation, the, the talk is they're asking for, for a first-round pick or maybe multiple picks. That price is going to come down the closer and closer we get to the trade deadline for sure because at a certain point they're going to say, we'll just get whatever draft pick conversation we can get. 
uh, at that point. But I cannot say I've ever heard of a situation like this before. I don't, have you ever been in a vault? Have you been ever been in a locker room where you say like the, the players are player revolt against the organization as a whole, and there's been a mass or the wanting for a mass exodus of players? There was a year. I want to say it was Joe Bugle's year okay. where we imploded in Oakland. Yep, in Oakland. Um, I think we went four and twelve that year. You did. The reason <laughs> I why remember. The, well, yeah, <laughs> the reason why I remember, uh, you know, because at a time where things started falling apart, then you started having a lot of in-house fighting. Mm-hmm. You had players going after players, players going after coaches, so on and so forth, and just could not keep the peace. It was just total disarray. But in this instance, where you claim to have security at the hierarchy you claim in the position of coaches and general manager and it's not like you know you got a new you got a new coach right you didn't hire him to fire him you're not arizona right so you know you're you're hoping that you can figure something out or get you you see a, a way for a future uh and and in that instance you know i can't imagine players not having a level of pride to where they go out there and they know they're in, in the uniform they might not necessarily respect the organization but you have a level of comp- competitive pride where you're not going to put just bad stuff on film. Like, you know, you don't see corners just purposely getting beat, falling down at after three steps, like, oh, I missed my man. Right. You know, watching him run down the field. You don't see that. So you, you got an effort, I feel, out yeah. of Miami. And you have to have an effort, right? Yeah, well, especially in week one. I mean, yeah. you, we've seen teams quit before. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's like week 11, and we're, yeah. we're you know, we're well, you know you're 10. out of it. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, now, now you quit. Yeah, but, you, you know, see you a safety. You in week one, and now you got New England Patriots coming to town. It's like, who are like, I think, 20, 22-point favorites or something, I think the Patriots see, are. Maybe it's 19. I know oh it's a lot. Goodness. It's that, a lot. For an uh, NFL line, it's a lot. <laughs> now, I know they're the Patriots. But, man, you got to be I can't imagine you sitting in the locker room, man. They got us a twenty, you know, three touchdown underdog. Man, I might as well not go to work today. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but look, I mean, look what they they made Lamar Jackson. I'm actually looking at his stat line from last week: seventeen of twenty, three hundred and twenty-four yards, five touchdowns, and no picks for Lamar Jackson, who was not the most accurate passer last year, to say the least. Now he's improved, and I'll be honest with you: some of those are, you know, one of those to Hollywood Brown was a short pass that he took the long way, but. I mean, regardless, Lamar Jackson should not look like the second coming of Dan Marino last week <laughs> to, 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 to you know, add insult to injury to the Dolphins down there. Well, I mean, I, I just don't know what to make of the organization altogether right yeah. now. I mean, I don't know where you go. It's only week one. So, again, you got plenty of time to rebound. And who knows? They might surprise some people. But with, with, with all the reports of people wanting to jump shit, as you mentioned, the, the veterans won out. I don't know how you can. You got to have players to play this game. You're true. You're right. You're and, right, and, and I don't know what those who those players are. I mean, I know they're, and the bad part is that it's not. What's their schedule after New England? Who do they play? Do you have that up? Uh, we can pull it. We can pull it up real quick. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, things are not looking up for them again because if you look that poorly, and like the Baltimore Ravens are a very good team. They're you know going to be in the playoff mix this year. Could possibly win the uh, the AFC North. So it's not like they lost to a team that you know didn't have high expectations coming into the season. They but to the lose that badly, oh my goodness, to lose that badly. Yeah, and their their schedule does not look, I would say, extremely easy. You know, you have the Pats, you have the Cowboys and Chargers back to back weeks. That's not going to be easy. Um, the Redskins and Bills, the Steelers. I mean, <laughs> uh, where where do where do they get their first win? That's a good question. That is a good question. You're looking at maybe Washington. That is at home, and the Redskins may not be great, but I would say the Redskins right now are are at least better than they are. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
You know, the Bills of Josh Allen, who had some good moments, especially in the second half, you know, if they're they're a team on the come, and we know they can play some solid defense. I mean, the defense played really well last week against the Jets, despite the, you know, really the only reason the Jets scored so many points is because the Bills' offense kind of set them up with a good field position last week. So it's tough. Tough sledding. I'm looking at the Redskins as probably their only likely victory. They have the Jets coming up a couple of weeks after that. But, I mean, the Colts, the Eagles, the Bengals are on that schedule, and the Bengals surprised people with the way they performed in Seattle. I mean, I, you might be looking at a 2-14 at, you know, a two, a two season for Miami this year if things stay the way they're going. All right. On the other side, I want to talk about this 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 sort of race. It seems like, and it's not a, a direct race, but it's a you know it seems like a, a race to be to be the worst. You know, to, a race to, to the to bottom. Be, to, yeah, to go to the bottom. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. To stay last. And and Miami's a part of this conversation. There are a couple other teams I want to get into with you that are a part of this conversation because it's like, well, what what else are we going to do? We're not going to be successful. We got to tank. Mm. This whole tanking notion has taken over sports leaves a very bad taste in my mouth because I just don't know what you tell the competitors in your locker room. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? If you're a coach, can you honestly sit by and say, you know what, I know that I'm putting the best game plan together, but I'm going to, I'm not going to do it because I want to lose. So I want to put the worst game plan together because the you know, administration says, look, we, we, we need to position ourselves. And now it's a race for the bottom. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. And I can understand both sides of the argument too because one of the worst things you want to be is mediocre. Yeah, to to, yeah. to really improve oftentimes, especially depending on the sport, if you're in basketball, you know, you want to get a high pick. But well, we can we'll talk about it on the other side. side. He's Figgy. I'm Lincoln. We are the fellas. Fox Sports Radio. Oh, good morning, the fellas. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. I'm joined by Kevin Figures, Figgy, with updates, as well as uh, he's helping me out with the show this morning. Yes, sir. Chris and Ryan are back at the studio, and we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote today. Uh, let's, you know what, Figgy, I was thinking about during the break and we, we brought up the dolphins Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to start with, with, with them. If you're a fan of a team and you feel that they're losing on purpose, what do you do with your fandom for that season? Do you squash it? Do you burn a Jersey? Do you try to sell your tickets? What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't burn a jersey. Uh, I think that's a little extreme. But I do understand why a fan would be frustrated. If if it were me, it would depend on exactly how they're doing it. Now, if a team is terrible, and because the the front office is just totally incompetent, then that would that would just irk me. The the prime example is always Anthony 76ers because they're the mm-hmm. ones who were the, were the first team to really publicly admit that hey, this is exactly what we're trying, what we're doing. The fact for me, it didn't bother me as much because, look, I knew they had a plan. And then for that sport in particular, and this is where NFL and NBA are different because there's only five players on a court and one exceptional player in the NBA can make that much of a difference. You know, through all their years of tanking for the Philadelphia 76ers and all the guys that didn't work, they only had to hit on two. And they really only hit on one and a half at this point. That's Joel Embiid. Uh, who's been who's turned himself into a superstar when he's been healthy and he has helped vault them into being a contender uh in the eastern conference ben simmons the the jury is still out because he still hasn't figured out how to shoot yet despite what anthony gargano says we have to see him (laughs) you know video clips of him in the gym by himself shooting is one thing doing it in an nba game is another so if i am a fan and i know what your ultimate goal is and just knowing how that league works knowing 
if you're in the NBA and you are a perennial you know, 500 team right. or maybe you win 45, 46 games a year, but you lose in the first or second round every year, if you don't have a game changer – and if you're in a market that just can't draw in big-name free agents, it's going to be very difficult to get a game-changer outside of being able to draft them. The only way to right. get them in the draft is at the very top. So that's why when it comes to the NBA speaking, I don't necessarily mind it if you have the right plan in place. The that's, NFL's different. The NFL's different. And that's and, and that's where I'm drawing the attention to because I was thinking about it during the break. It's, it's, it's really difficult to sort of fathom how you for 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 16 games you can purposely lose right or if you're just that bad i mean there, there's a difference you know there, there, let's and i and i want to get i want i want to put this out there to the audience chime in if you if you feel like you can reach me at l kennedy 72 think you give out your twitter handle at kfig1 is where you can find me at Wonderful. kfig1 and then, and then, of course, our call-in number, if you want to try to dial in, is 877-966-6369. That's 877-99-ON-FOX. Uh, because I'm interested, if you, if you have a fan base, and I mean, you are part of a fan base, of, a, of, a, of an NFL franchise that you feel is losing on purpose, tanking, if you will, to get a better position in the draft choice, a better draft pick, what do you do with your fandom for that year? And, and, and look at it this way. Um, Chris, I want to bring you in because you're a Lions fan. I'm not oh. saying anything against. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. <laughs> let me let me preface this. I'm not saying anything against your Lions because let's just let the, it, it for this scenario for this conversation. I think it's fitting. If the Dolphins are purposely trying to lose to position themselves for a better draft choice, the Lions are not purposely trying to lose to position themselves for a better draft choice. Do, do you understand my point? The Lions, they that that Arizona game. I, I think Chris, you admit it should not have happened. The way yeah. the way. Yeah. Right. No, it, it should not have happened the way it did. I, I cover I cover Lions uh, on yep. the side here, and it was three quarters. You know, they they had a game plan, and then for whatever reason, they got into the fourth quarter and decided they would just sit on it, sit on it, sit on it. And oh, hey, by the way, Kyler Murray's starting to march down the field here. And before you know it, there's you know there's the timeout that there's still there's still questions on who exactly called the timeout for the Lions right. that basically iced Matt Stafford's play that would have probably put the game away. They would have had, got a first down, would have had to kneel it out instead. You know they can't convert. They drop a four verts for the next play, and it goes mm-hmm. nowhere. Mm-hmm. They end up kicking, and then yeah, it's overtime, and it's a it's a tie game. To your point though, like I remember 2008, the Lions weren't purposely trying to lose per se they didn't really have a great roster but they were at least competitive in all of those games in uh, more than a few of those games as they were going 0-16 and I look at the you know there's different ways to tank in the NFL where you you have what I think the Dolphins are doing and what you know the Colts did when it was suck for luck was just the roster is so bad that you really can't compete when they're rolled out there so what do you do if you were a fan in that case I mean I, I I grew up in Toledo. I hung around a lot of Browns fans. I watched what they go through. Some of them approach it with some humor. Some of them check out completely. It really depends on what kind of a person you are and what sports means to you, to your life. I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all in this case. But at the same time, I, I can't ask, I can't do what I see some fans do and say, oh, you have to be a fan. You have to stick by your team. No, there's this is a product. If the product isn't good, I mean, uh, if if the product's just not good, just 
watch something else in the interim. Like you shouldn't need to be. But you know how hard that is to tell a football fan not to watch football. It's very difficult. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I totally get. It. <laughs> Trust you know, me. Here's the thing: you you look at the fan bases like like Detroit, like Cleveland. They were diehard fans for so many years, and they they, they hadn't had the level of success as other organizations have. But they you know had some semblance in the past, probably a lot of times before a lot of the people the fan base were born. Um, but you, you try to tell them, well, you know you're going to suck, so don't watch football this year. Yeah, I guess it'd be more of a question yeah. towards like the general sports fan. I know I right. talked with uh, Joe Dumars, who was the general manager of the mm-hmm. Pistons, uh, a couple of years back, and he basically made that argument to me. is like, look, especially for when it comes to Detroit, you have two college football teams up the road. You have an mm-hmm. NFL team. You know, Both those colleges also put out great basketball programs. And then you got the Red Wings and the Tigers. If you're the Pistons, he, he argued, it's like you have to put out a show out there right. or else those people are just, they're going to do something else with their money and their time. Now, it's different for football because football inhabits its own season, whereas for right. the NBA, it was at the time, especially for Detroit, competing against you know NBA basketball, trying Certainly. to compete against you know the, the Red Wings, which are big mm-hmm. there. But I... I, I don't know. I already see some Lions fans sometimes like they will go to say Michigan games more often, mm-hmm. and that depends on where you are. Now, when it comes to the Dolphins, are they going to go check out Miami Hurricanes games? I don't know, but yeah, as you say, like maybe you start checking out the Sunday night games a little bit more. But I know for me, I would probably like cut back on my consumption of certain paraphernalia on getting right. tickets maybe watch on tv but maybe i start checking out more sunday night games and just get more dialed into draft news really. i don't think there's always an element of hope there for fans too yeah, i can speak to this i mean i'm a raider fan they mm-hmm, have not mm-hmm. they have not been stellar the last 15 years either true story so there have been times you know when you get late into the season and they're sitting at three and eight or three and nine and there's a young player who you think may have maybe has potential you're waiting for them to have a breakout game or really perform, or maybe there's a late season upset where somebody you think has a little bit of upside actually comes up and plays well and you say well this gives me something to look forward to for the future I can speak as a fan not necessarily for a team that was intentionally trying to tank Al Davis would never do that right um he, you know the, the organization just wasn't good at that time but he always tried to put out a product that would win so I would try to find a glimmer of hope within the franchise or within the team that I can kind of hold on to and look forward to next season that's what I would do um, I can't speak for, and again, I'm coming from the standpoint of the organization not tr- intentionally putting together a terrible roster that they, that can't compete. So I think that's yeah. that's where the impasse is too. For me, the, the it gets deeper because when you look at somebody who's, let's say, someone's trying to tank. Well, there are only a couple teams that are. I mean, again, it's still early in the season, but there are only a couple teams out there that are actually looking for a quarterback. Right, Miami happens to be one of them. You're, the jury's still out on what Tampa Bay is going to do. Um, who else am I thinking of, Fake, You can help me out. Um, um, anyone else that comes to mind? Everyone else, I think, has their franchise quarterback, especially now that Arizona got Kyler Murray. Right. Right? So so if you're tanking or you're sucking for luck, however you want to put it, if you're tanking for Tua, how many teams are involved? Well, it's not the Giants, but the Giants are bad. Right? right. So, they, I mean, they've, they've got their guy. They, they spent their first-round pick on on this time. Um Chicago, I don't think. I mean, they're zero and one. I no. don't think they're tanking. I think they believe in, in Trubisky. But you, the, um, who knows what the Titans will do? Depending on the season Mariota has, Titans. You, yeah, Titans you know who. Right. If Cam Newton doesn't improve, I thought I saw a story this week where his buyout is not that high. Or if they mm-hmm. cut him loose, I think his dead money is only going to count about three and a half million towards the cap. So that's something they can eat. Right. So there are some potential scenarios where there are teams that may be looking for for a quarterback. So that, that to add to add into the into the hopper there, Jacksonville yeah. could be in that mix. 
Jacksonville you know. probably is going to be in that mix yeah. because you don't know how how Foles is going to respond after yeah. the show. And you show. felt that Foles was probably more of a stopgap anyway. Certainly, you know, or it was, yeah. it was a you know a low low risk high reward type of situation with him. So so we just that's about what a, a healthy five teams or so that's we a just mentioned five teams five and six, I guess there's only six. projected like three four quarters quarterbacks that are supposed to be top and let's face it you when you when you tank you're really tanking for a quarterback yes rarely do you say that I'm tanking for a running back or the star defensive end because for the most part you don't know until you see the college football season who's that standout stud is right and you want um, a game the, the biggest game changer out there is going to be the quarterback. quarterback true story you, know, you could have a phenomenal defensive end and still have a terrible team you know so that happens a lot. What do you do as a fan if you know your team is purposely losing? That's the question that we put out there. I'm interested to hear some people, so we'll read some tweets. We'll probably take a couple phone calls because I, I, I don't know if you hang up your jersey and or like some of the other guys suggest, you find something else to do that season. It's so hard for a football fan to walk away from football, even if your team stinks. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. That's Kevin Figures. We got Chris in the house. Ryan, we are the fellas. Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. 
It, it would have been, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The fellas, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent on more car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote today. Okay, the question that's out there, and I'm posing it to the audience because we've, we've had our guys already chime in. My guy Ryan here, who, uh, who had talked to, I'll, I'll tell you what his answer is in a second. But the question is that if you're, if you're a fan of a team and you, your team is either tanking or sucking on purpose, what do you do? 877-996-6369 or 877-99 on Fox. That's the question. And, and we're looking at in the case of the Miami Dolphins. It's been reported that they're trying to lose on purpose or tanking, tanking for Tua to take that first pick off the draft because they need a quarterback. And as we discussed the last segment, Figgy and Chris, uh, we, we discussed the fact that there's only a few teams out there kind of looking for a quarterback, if you will. Um, Jacksonville is one of them. Uh, I think you could probably make an argument for Tampa Bay. But, you know, here's the thing. If you're looking for a quarterback or you're trying to position yourself for a quarterback, winning games is sort of anticlimactic, right? Counterproductive <laughs> it's, to it's your it's counterproductive, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's, like, it's like, dude, don't don't win games if we want to get that quarterback. So I want to go out to the phone lines. Someone who's been waiting patiently. John in Ohio, you're on with the fellas. Good morning, John. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I just wanted to ask for maybe like three to four minutes of your time because I have a lot to talk about on this subject. <laughs> okay. I mean, Okay, listen, all right. Now, I'm a Browns fan, so this is what I'm going right. to start with. Okay. I've watched for years and years and years, as everybody knows, up until about two years ago or last year, the Browns are terrible. And you know what we do every year? The season's over after five or six games, and we keep keep on losing. And then at the very end of the season, in junk time, we win three or four games, and now we end up screwing ourselves out of the draft. And we missed out on players like Zeke Elliott, A.J. Green. You know, and granted, there is other players we did have that we messed up on in draft picks. But I'm telling anybody as a fan – I mean, I was embarrassed to watch us go in 16, and I feel like we didn't mean to go in 16, but I guarantee you there was a few games we kind of did tank a little bit early on and then realized later that we're not going to win any games. But as a fan, I'd be happy. I mean, I know it's crazy, but that's the only way that you're going to overcome being terrible. I mean, think about the Cowboys. Right. They was mediocre for all these years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with the Romo, mm-hmm. Romo got hurt, and what happened? Right. They had one terrible season, and guess what they got? They got Zeke Elliott, and that's what you need because in the NFL, it's not a, it's not like the NBA where it's a lottery, it's a gamble. You're guaranteed that number one spot, number two, as long as you get the worst record. And now you're getting that superstar to evolve you over the top. I said the Titans need to do it because they're keep being mediocre. They have one real bad year. Guess what? They'll be a playoff team and they'll they might make some noise because they can get that receiver or whatever they right. need to evolve themselves. So if I'm Miami as a fan, I'm like, you know what? We've been horrible for years. If this is what we need to get better, let's do it. Well, I appreciate the phone call, John. And, and, and along your conversation, you had mentioned that there were times where you, you struggled in the opening season, and then at the end of the season, you win a few games and you it put position yourself in the draft to maybe miss out on a couple of players. And I agree with that. It's and see, that's the difficulty to me taking that type of sentiment, organizational thought into the locker room, because. I, I can't imagine a coach going in and looking at a player and like, I don't want you to do your best today. You know what I mean, Faggy? Yeah, and I don't know if a coach would ever do that either because the whole argument when it comes to tanking is, 
Like the the front office is not telling the coach go out there and try to lose. Right. They're just not going to give the coach the tools that it takes to win most of the time. So you can coach up, you know, a bunch of third graders against NBA players all you want and give them the best speeches and the best workouts. They're just not going to be able to hold up. It's just but not your NFL roster isn't made up of third grade. That is true. You're right. And, 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 but there's and, a tier and, of players. There are yeah, guys I mean, you know are practice squad guys and guys who should be out there on the well, NFL. I, I get field. it. And I, I was saying that you could do it here or there. But here's the thing. What if you? I don't even. I I don't even know an appropriate example of, of no. how to figure this out. But I mean, if you put together, I know you can have a bad quarterback and and, and he struggles or someone who's not supposed to be in there. But mm-hmm. you, what if your defense plays out of its score? What if you What if you win a couple games on defense? Yeah. How do you how, how do you how do you go out and tell you guys, hey, all right, that's enough of that winning stuff. What the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. You know I mean? Well, and the players, and you know this, Link, yeah. because if you're if you're not playing for that team that season, you're playing for your future, if nothing exactly. else. So exactly. I'm not going to put bad tape out there and play play poorly. poorly. You know, I might not be that talented or be that good, but I'm going to you know give my best effort to make sure that maybe at some point when you're 0 and 10, you know, it turns into I'm going to play for me. I want to make sure that I don't look bad. And then that, in turn, maybe turns into what the caller was just saying. We we luck into, or I don't want to say luck. That sounds bad. Like, you're giving effort. Right. You earn yourself a few wins late in the season that ends up hurting the organization's, the organization, organization's plan of trying to get a high draft pick because you steal a couple of wins because guys start ultimately playing for themselves and their own personal future. I can see that happening. Could you Could you imagine being a coach or, or watching a game? And let's say you have – a defensive end that's just playing out of his gore. Mm-hmm. You're on one of these teams that I'm, I'm trying to position myself for a better draft choice. Right. Playing out of his gore, he goes and he's just tearing it up for a half or three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, because you know you have a chance to, to relinquish the lead or whatever, you have the lead, you, you pull that star defensive end off. Could you imagine the, the backlash? <laughs> Could you imagine the outcry from that? I mean, dude, you know, Figgy was, had three sacks and he was tearing it up and he was in the backfield every single play and he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Why? Well, he was tired. Um, we wanted to give him a rest. <laughs> yeah, he was a little dehydrated, so I just wanted to give him a little bit of a break. You know what I mean? So what do you do if you're a fan of a team that's struggling and you need to position yourself for a better draft choice? Do you, can you get behind losing on purpose? Let's go back out to the phone line, Figgy. There's another John in Ohio. John, you're on with the fellas. Good morning. How are you doing today? Wonderful. How about yourself, my friend? Well, I woke up on the right side of the grass. It's a great day. True story. I feel you. <laughs> I, uh, I have some experience with what you're asking about. Uh-huh. Uh, years ago, I don't know if you guys remember or not, now, I will tell you, uh, this is going to give some fans some hope. Uh, I hope, anyway. Uh, I was a Dallas Cowboys fan since 1963. And, I, yes, I was a fan during 1-15. Uh, it, it was hard. It was difficult. But I, I sort of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, took it with a grain of salt, so on and so forth. I didn't know all the nuances in the front office, I didn't know what was going on with the team. All I knew is they weren't winning, right. but they were my team. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, even though I'm not from Texas, I'm not from Dallas, uh, they were my team, and I stood by them. Okay. Uh, yes, it is hard to be a fan, but you, if you are a fan, which is short for fanatic, uh, you will stand by them. It's the same as you do everything else in life. You know, if you like this one, then you that one, uh, so on and so forth. Right. Sports, to me, uh, is a driving 
force for a lot of people, especially us guys. Uh, I've seen some women that are pretty much into sports and stuff like that. But the, the, the point that you guys are trying to say is, you know, what do you do if you're a fan and your team, whether they're tanking on purpose or if they just stink it up, right. you know, you remain a fan. Okay. And, and you look for the next op- opportunity uh, for an NFL team. It would be the next year or the next week until they finish that year. And then you hope against hope sometimes that, hey, they're going to get better or they can't get much worse. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and you just sort of take it with a grain of salt and you yeah. say, okay, have hope. Okay. Thank you. And re- the reason why I was pointing this out was because I know that there's a lot of people who are Cleveland Browns fans, uh-huh. and they had an awful lot of hope this year. Right. Well, I don't think their team tanked in the fourth quarter. I just think that uh, there was a lot of issues going on there, and perhaps somebody had a little bit too much hype going on prior oh, to that mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think uh, Cleveland is probably going to bounce back this year. Uh, I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know that they're going to be, compete for an, uh, a Super Bowl. But I envision that the Cleveland Browns are going to finish with better than an 8-8 eight and eight season. Well, thank uh, you, thank you, John, for chiming in. I appreciate that, and, and, and I appreciate your time too. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Figgy. As we move forward, you, here's the thing: when you when you when you position yourself for a draft choice, as in speaking of Cleveland, how many times did they get it wrong with their first pick? Yeah, you know, that, I mean, look, Baker Mayfield. The jury's still out. We'll mm-hmm. see. It's the time to come. He's still a young career, but there have been times with the Tim Couches and the other first picks and the Courtney Brown. Exactly. I mean, how they struggled. Uh, you know, uh, uh, over Johnny Manziel, over right. and over again, trying to get their their thing right. Well, now the last major like, one they've hit is uh, was uh, Joe Thomas, who just retired right. a couple of years right. ago. Right. True story. So my Ryan here, producing the, the, the show here for me in San Francisco, suggested if you're a fan and your team stinks. Throw, immerse yourself in the world of fantasy football yeah. fantasy football it is you know just get go, go out there and put yourself in a bunch of drafts and just go crazy because your team is uh your team's not doing too well so which that, many that's, fans that's do I'm, anyway nowadays well like, yeah they do it anyways you know. without their team sneaking out yeah uh, but it's it, it's it's crazy when you think about who could probably be in this position i mean i don't think miami went out there and played like crap last week against baltimore even though they didn't look good, mm-hmm. I don't think they purposely went out there and did. That. I agree. Yeah, I don't think there's. It was a lack of effort on the part of, of Miami. I do think, and you can speak to this as a player. Sometimes you come out and you get punched in the mouth, and you just oh, don't yeah. even know how to react. You, oh, yeah. they blinked and they were down twenty eight to nothing, and you're like, right. whoa, you yeah. know. And you just yeah. never recover from that malaise. So that could be maybe Miami isn't as I mean I, I doubt they're that bad where they gave they were <laughs> down thirty five to three at halftime or whatever it was. Anyway. But, you know, maybe they bounce back and have a halfway decent season. Decent is five, Ooh. five or six wins. It's not Ooh. likely. Well, I mean, but. well, see, here's, here's, here's the thing. If we're, if we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and you're, you're the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. if you get this first month of football – you already saw what happened in Baltimore. And I don't think anybody thought that Baltimore was going to put up the score that they did. No. Okay. I, I, I know I didn't. I don't know where you sit, but I know I didn't. And not have a defensive score? I was like, exactly. all right. So they must yeah. have like three pick sixes or something, you know? No, no. I, I didn't see that happening. But right. if you're, if you're the top. After scoring that many points. Yeah. <laughs> where does, where does, where does the bleeding stop? Because your schedule doesn't get any easier. You're right, and maybe at some point you have to insert Josh Rosen and see what he can do. I mean, you did you you brought him in, and they they gave up. He was a high draft pick last year for the Cardinals, so there must still be something there. You would think, 
Uh, you know, the, the Fitzpatrick situation is probably not going to end up working itself out, especially if he continue to struggle. So at a, at a certain point, you throw uh, Rosen in there and see what he can do. Um, but, yeah, you just kind of have to ride this thing out and, and see what happens. You, you hope that, you know, the yeah, Brian Flores is not going to be a one-and-done type of coach and that he oh, doesn't end uh, up yeah. losing the locker room. I mean, look, this happened to Cam Cameron yeah. when he was the head coach down there. Did they win one game or two games that year? I think two games, wasn't uh, you it? Know, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, the, the, you know, the one-and-done does happen. It happened last year in Arizona. Yeah, so and, and they fired their coach after they, after one season. They too, sure but. did, but I do think John brought up uh, brought up a good point, uh, you know, too about being a fan. You know, ride or die, no matter what. You know that it seems to be like a divide in generations when it comes to that sort of thing too. The older generation, which I I think I'm a part of, whether my team is is terrible, you know, g- great or you know whatever, I'm gonna be a fan of that team no matter what. You know, because there's a sense of pride for whatever reason, and maybe it's dumb. I'm not sure, but you know, the Cubs just won the World Series a couple of years ago. Right. You talk about long-suffering franchises and breaking curses and all that. You know, for that 85-year-old man who has been a Cubs fan his entire career, having to live through Bartman and all the ups and downs through all the years, you know, you almost feel like you've accomplished something too, even though you never threw a single pitch or hit a single home run. And I think that's what a lot of, especially long-suffering fans of franchises that have that haven't won, you know, like your Cleveland Browns or like your Detroit Lions, who haven't won since like the 50s or whatever it was. You know, you feel like a sense of accomplishment when that team wins, and you'd hate to be the person I know I would hate to be the person to jump off of the bandwagon and then a year or two later my team wins you know so so I think there's an element of that for a lot of people too and 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 just to write a wrap a bowl around the Miami situation the fact is they get shellacked 59 to 10 the first week against the Ravens and now they got to play New England Dallas and the Chargers all four of these teams in their first month were playoff bound teams yep unlike you know exactly and so I don't even know if if you can walk away from this month, no matter what the record is, and say they're not trying to lose on purpose, because I don't think they win any of those games. They start out 0-4 before their bye week, which is in week five. Yeah, uh, And and people are going to sit there, oh, well, they're just losing on purpose. They're, they're, I, I don't know how you avoid it, because they're not that good of a team. Right. It's just that simple. They just they're, don't have it, a lot of talent on that roster. Exactly. Yeah, you know? and so that's that's it. But on the other side, I want to talk about those teams that, like we were we brought up a moment ago, could use a quarterback, and because there's projected a few quarterbacks uh, coming in this upcoming draft. Oh, yeah. Uh, but before we do that, Figgy, what's trending? All right, we all start the battle of the air raid offenses. Speaking of quarterbacks and putting up some big numbers, Mike Leach has some experience with that. He led the 20th-ranked Washington State Cougars over Houston, 31-24. to Anthony Gordon, the senior, had to wait his turn, but – He's had a great year so far these first three games. 440 yards and three scores through the air for Wazoo, who moves to 3-0. and North Carolina nearly dug themselves out of yet another hole on Friday, but Wake Forest held on for a 24-18 win after leading 21 to nothing at one point. The last time Kansas won a road game versus a Power 5 team was in 2008. They literally beat the odds with a 48-24 win over Boston College. The Jayhawks were a... Three touchdown underdog going into that game and found a way to get the victory. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore, with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. On the diamond, Cleveland and the Twins were rained out. They will play a doubleheader later today. The Twins do lead the try by three and a half games in the American League Central. You had the Tampa Bay Rays hitting five home runs in a victory over the Angels. Milwaukee had a seven-game win streak snapped by the Cardinals. The Redbirds with a four-game game lead over the Brew Crew in the Central Division. The Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw with a victory over Noah Syndergaard in the Mets 9-2, dropping New York to three games out of the final wild card spot in the NL. We'll get back to the fellas in 10 seconds, but first a word from Farmers. At Farmers Insurance we have concrete evidence that parking under an industrial cement mixer 
That's just asking for trouble. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Back to the man who Trent Brown studied tape of to get ready for week one this past week. That is Lincoln Kennedy. Well, you got to know you got to grab them, choke them when you can. Damn straight. That's, you got to oh, yeah. just know how to do that. So. Yeah. <laughs> what would you think of the, your, your team's performance on Monday night? I loved it. I thought they were, they were riding a giant wave of emotion. You know, the last home opener in Oakland. You're coming off the Antonio Brown situation where many people thought he was going to be the heartbeat of that offense and he was gone. They thought it was going to deflate the team. And it actually, I think, gave them a little bit of a boost. So um, I was extremely excited. Derek Carr looked like 2016 Derek Carr. Had great protection. Colton Miller, I thought, looked excellent. And he got help. You know, he got a lot yeah. of help from Josh Jacobs, you know, chipping on uh, on, on on the defensive ends and all that. But uh, overall, the, the, the defense really impressed me. I thought that, not that Joe Flacco's anything to write home about, especially at this point in his career, but the intensity they came out with, the way that they played uh, from start to finish, they got gashed a little bit in the third quarter, but they were able to recover and make plays when they needed to. So overall, I was extremely impressed. There are many instances in, in my mind where I think the defense comes out of preseason and just the early part of the season ahead of the offenses, mainly because they don't, I mean, they can rest their players and be fresh and it's more, more scheme than anything, especially when you're going up against offenses, you have the chance to study. So I, I was, I too was impressed with the defense and their ability to keep the Broncos for the most part out of the end zone. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's, there was some wear in the second half and the Broncos made the game a lot more interesting than it had to be, but I think that was more or less for good father. So I agree for, uh, with all your points. Do you think they're uh, set up for a letdown possibly against Kansas cool. City considering the the Raiders considering the emotional win they had on uh, on Monday? Not, not necessarily a letdown. It's in this instance you have to take in consideration who you're going up against. Right. Kansas City's offense is let's call it what it is. They're they're a juggernaut. Yep. I mean, they've got so many weapons and you, where you had the time to prepare for Denver I think, honestly, I feel the coaching staff was preparing for Denver probably after week two of the preseason. Okay. That's almost, almost, you know, the, the three weeks or whatever is prepare for a game. Right. You don't have that same luxury. You know, it's no secret what Andy Reid and Kansas City is going to do. Right. Uh, along with Patrick Mahomes, there's no secret. You know what the, the screen game, the passes and Kelsey and stuff like that. And even with Tyreek Hill's down, it really doesn't put a huge dent in their offense because they have other playmakers. You yeah, see look what, what I mean? Sammy Watkins did last yeah, week. Exactly. And that's, that, that was my point. So in this offense, even one person's going down, it seems that they're, the other one's rise. So the defense has got their, their hands full. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much Gary Conley plays because right. I, I do like his play, especially, uh, after seeing him being able to, uh, being carted off Monday night and glad that he He's okay. Um, Paul Gunther has mentioned that he's going to play, but they still have to get pressure on the quarterback. Right. And and with Patrick Mahomes' mobility and the fact that he's good at improvising, that's an added weapon to this offense. And, and their defense isn't is, isn't too bad either. So um, it's going to it's not a letdown. But I mean, let's be realistic. Uh, I mean, we're Raider fans. Yeah, <laughs> I want but, I want them to win. But let's be realistic too. <laughs> be realistic. Let's just know? put it this way: neither of us will be shocked if Kansas City found a way to exactly. win on Sunday. That's let's put that's it that the way. thing that I'm thinking. That I'm trying yeah. to get to. Right. Yeah, that's that's right. my point. Yes. So, so uh, and and the point of conversation that we're talking about, if you're just joining us, uh, and Kevin Figures, Lincoln Kennedy, fellas, uh, we we were talking about in in the when you're a fan, most specifically the Dolphins. Uh, when you're a fan of a, a particular team and you know your team is losing or is not very good, what do you do? Now, I don't think anyone came into this season, and I could be mistaken, and I'm trying to think back to some of the headlines. I didn't think anyone came. I mean, there was questions, 
I, I take that back because the Dolphins were bad even in June because they didn't have a quarterback, right? Right. Thinking? Correct. Yep. So they, it wasn't like you were projecting them to challenge the Patriots for divisional su- supremacy. No. But I also didn't think that you, you know, the the, the, the possibility of them going winless. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, there were, there had to be a level of hope because you still had good players on your team that maybe you can be somewhat disruptive. Definitely beat people, but be disruptive. And I think fans kind of gather behind that. You can rally behind that. Well, we might not beat everybody, but but you're just not going to beat us up. Yeah, worse, we'll be an average team. We'll be six and ten. You know, right? And 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 then there's something to to you know say. Okay, we got holes here, here, here. If we draft or we get free agency, this is where we can go. But after fifty nine to ten shellacking against the Ravens, the reports that follow that ensued was that all veterans are trying to jump ship. I don't want to be here. I don't want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the Dolphins had already did their part by, you know, basically giving away Tunsil and Stills to the to the Texans, starting to deplete their roster or whatever to try to build draft kit draft picks, acquire trade value, I mean more value to the team. Um and, and now comes a case to where you're going up against the New England Patriots. And right. Just just for, for giggles, uh Figgy, what do you think the final score is going to be? Oh man, this will be fun. Um <laughs> let's see. Think, you you think the Pats cover? Ooh, I, what, I think I said, I said 19 and a half, I believe. Was, that, was, was. that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they cover. Yeah. That's let's, a safe let's, bet, right? Let's, let's, go, uh, let's go 38 to 9. How about okay. that? Okay. Okay. I'm having fun with this. Chris, you, you, your thoughts, final score, Dolphins, Pats? Oh, man. Um, so, actually, I think in my uh, Vegas pick, I actually had Miami plus 19. Nice. Miami okay. does play, I mean, the Pats' record in Miami is not good. I think it's like something like 16 and 38 all time. Uh, I think this could be a, one of those games where it's just like some some of these guys are going to try to scrap together a little bit of pride. I'm going to say final score, though, probably, let's see, I'm, I'm going to take New England, let's say 42, and Miami, uh, probably a scrappy like 30. No, that is scrappy. 30. Ooh, you see, okay. you see them. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm taking. I'm points. taking the 19. I'm. I'm taking I the see. value. I've never seen I a see. line like this in the NFL. This is like a. Yeah. Col- I think my friend Ryan, uh, Pride to True, is pointing out there are college lines coming up here on Saturday that are less lopsided than plus 19. <laughs> true. Yeah. So. True. There, you know, there, there's there's some truth to that. I will say this, and because I, I lived it, uh, the reason why a lot of teams don't do well visiting Miami. It's Miami. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's hot. <laughs> it's it's nice. Hot South Beach is right there. Yes. 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 Oh, and there yes. the well, we alluded to the uh, maybe that maybe somebody uh, ties it on a little too a uh, little too late the night before. And, yeah, uh, just I mean, I'm just saying it's it's happened. I know the reason why the Raiders never played well while I was there. <laughs> we, were, we were hanging out at, at, at too many clubs. We weren't thinking about football. And so it's, it was like, wait, how, how come you're throwing up and we haven't even gone outside yet? That don't make any sense. What's going on? You're not be dehydrated. But the interesting question too, Lincoln. Maybe we can get into it at, at a certain point. You know, you talk about that. We talked about suck for luck earlier. Chris brought it up. I don't know. Is there a generational talent in this draft? I mean, people are talking about Trevor Lawrence. If he was eligible to come out this season, you right. know, he would be someone who will be a consensus number one pick right now because right. he's just that sort of generational talent at quarterback. I mean, I like Justin Herbert, and you can speak to this. You work at the Pac-12 Network. You see him a lot. Um, there's Herbert. There's Tua. But I don't know if there's anybody who you say this is without question a franchise-changing quarterback at the top of this draft. Well, there never is, really. I mean, because there's always the speculation. You can hope to get it right, but how many times have we seen a miss? 
True. Now, but it's also rare that they say, like, Andrew Luck, people say consensus. When he was a sophomore right. at Stanford, this guy is going to be a game changer when he comes out. That And the way that they were talking about him and the way that they are currently talking about Trevor Lawrence – that those sort of things don't get talked about that often, you know. No, that that is true. That is true. That is true. And, and, I, and yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I would like to, and I, I'm just trying to just rack in my brain. Most of the time, when they talk about guys like that with that those sort of platitudes, most of the time it ends up working out. Uh, there's always the, the the question like, well, Cam Newton was raw coming out of Auburn. But, you know, he came on, you know, the transfer and all that stuff. Maybe we could figure something out. RG three came on late at Baylor. People didn't know about him entering into the season. Baker Mayfield, you know, obviously nobody was expecting him or Kyler Murray, the products of those Oklahoma systems, just jumping up the charts and becoming top overall picks. But it's been rare. The last two that I can think of were Andrew Luck, who you know, stayed a couple of years before he came out was talk, talked about being the top overall pick, and Trevor Lawrence, who right. has a freshman in college and has done nothing to hurt that talk, has been talked about being a consensus number one overall pick whenever he decides to come out. And you just aren't hearing that sort of thing about Tua or Justin Herbert or whoever else will be eligible to come out in this year's draft. So that's what would give me pause to the tanking situation. If you're going to choose a year to tank, you better choose a year to tank when there's actually a generational talent to tank for. That's just what I was getting on to, getting into, and I want to talk about that on the other side. Uh, we are the fellas. He's Kevin Figures. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. We'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality TV. 
podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The fellas, Kevin Figgy is sitting in. Uh, Kevin Figures is sitting in for Anthony Gargano. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. Uh huh. We, we are coming to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio. I like how you did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio <laughs> Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 50% of your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote today. Hey, listen, you brought up a great point for your last segment. If you're going to tank, you want to make sure you tank for a franchise caliber quarterback, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and somebody, and everyone seems to claim that Trevor Lawrence is, is the cat's meow or the bee's knees, however you want to look at it. Right. Um, this year, you know, we're talking about the quarterbacks. You have Herbert, you have Tua, I think you have, uh, what, Jake Fromm from Georgia. Yep. Okay. And then, of course, the, the LSU quarterback, Burrow, who's come on the scene. Is, he looks is great. A lot of people, you know, raving. So, but as far as, you know, game changers, Andrew Luckis type of thing, uh, especially early in his career, I know that he's no longer in the NFL, but, um, I don't know whom that will be. And so the question becomes is if you're Miami and you want to tank for a better quarterback, can you really hang your hat on one of those four or somebody else they might? Uh, yeah. Or, or uh, how do you tank for two years? That's a, yeah, you're right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent right. You, re- you can't do that. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's any, it's anyone's guess because now depending on who you talk to, a lot of people like Jake from uh, from Georgia just because of his playmaking ability. He's not the strongest arm quarterback, but he's productive and he's yes. consistent. Uh, Tua has all the excitement of a right-handed quarterback throwing with his left hand, um, which I still can't get over, but it <laughs> right. is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Justin Herbert, and the biggest question for me covering the Pac-12 out for the quarterback for Oregon is can he remain healthy? Because early yeah. in his career, he's had some issues uh, with injuries. And you, you know, if you're look, you're looking to take a franchise quarterback with the first pick in the draft, um, you can ill afford to miss on somebody who's not going to be there. You're right. You you're know, hundred percent. You know, the big thing about about the draft, the NFL draft, and especially at quarterback, if you miss with your first round pick at quarterback. Not only does it do you in for the time that you have that quarterback at on your roster, but it also does you in for can do you in for an additional three years. For years, unless you realize, uh, as you're like Early. Arizona, maybe, and you mm-hmm. just you say, "Hey, we made a mistake, or we just fell in love with the next guy." Uh, and I mean, that's probably not going to win you a lot of PR points. But then there's also the argument to be made to say, you know, why are we going to hang on to a project that we know doesn't work? Right. If you were the Raiders back in the day and you drafted Jamarcus Russell and halfway through the first training camp, you're like, oh, this ain't going to work. You could have just cut bait. Now, the contracts were structured as such where it wasn't as conducive for teams uh, to do that like they right. are now. The t- salaries weren't slotted back then, so you're paying these guys a lot of guaranteed money. But it makes it a lot easier to get out from under a first-round quarterback contract today if you wanted to and have it not hinder you the way it could in the past. Hey, Chris, you want to chime in? Uh, yeah, actually, we've got a surprise here, actually. Oh. Uh, we got an extra caller here. Caller, you are now live on Fox Sports Radio. Got extra Go for it. Hi, I'm trying to reach Lincoln Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to reach my Cuz. boy. What's Cuz. up, brother? What's happening, Captain? My main man. What's Pots going on? Pants. How you doing, brother? You all right? Oh, I miss you, buddy. I miss you too, man. First of all, I, I, I got to thank uh, John and Raheem 
here uh, they are who have done a great job. They've been working all morning to get this thing fixed, and we're fixed. And after the last two there weeks where I had to be on the sidelines, uh, I we are back. Figgy, and we got one minute until the show's over. No, just kidding. <laughs> I know. Right? Oh, we're just making See, the call to the pin. We're bringing in the closer, Anthony Gargano. You know? yeah, yeah. I'm getting the hook. I like yeah, it. Yeah. it works no, for man, me. I'll bring you right back. Relax, man. We got, uh, anyway, uh, I, I mean, I missed you, big man. Missed you, too, man. Missed Everything you, too. Good cool. to hear you. Good to hear your voice, Brian. Thanks I to all the crew. I got things. We got lots of football to talk yeah, about. Know, you know, know that. I know. <laughs> you know that. We got lots of football to get to. It started, I can't believe it's the first time we've ever been apart for the beginning of football season. So, <laughs> it, it's it's great. We are back, and we're going to have a great two hours. <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have our picks. We got lots to get to. We are live right here. It's Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano, the fellas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, the fellas, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save us 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com and get yourself a free rate quote. The fellas, big bleeping link. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, big link. You had like you've had a whirlwind, man. Your your football season has been wild. Yeah. From all the drama, from all the A B stuff, to the Monday night incredible performance against the Ravens. What what, what was that whole thing like? I've been dying. You've been so busy. I felt bad. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to bother you. <laughs> and I, I know you've been like swapping. Yeah. I, I got we got to catch up on Monday night and with the Raiders and. Derek Carr looking great in the defense. Josh Jacobs lumbering, lumbering, lumbering. Well, I, I will say this. The, the Raiders were preparing for that. You know, with everybody, sort of the overall theory uh, of preseason is it being a necessary evil, but I'm not going to play my starters. The, Raider, the Raiders were actually preparing for that Denver game for quite some time. Now, the difficulty is, is of course, Denver didn't really show anything in preseason, but you're going off a tape of what uh, Vic Fangio did defensively-wise, team-wise, yeah. in, in Chicago. Um, they had a good plan. They had a good plan that was scripted, at least for the first half. The second half had a little bit of a, a some hiccups, a little bit of a slow start in, little, in the second half, mainly because they, they the Broncos made some halftime adjustments. But, you know, the takeaway from that is I love the energy. The last Monday night game in the state in, in Oakland, I, the fans were there. They came out. It was a special moment for me because I had a chance, the opportunity to, to, lit, to light the Al Davis torch, which is, is extremely meaningful to me. Oh, um, so you know the game oh, dude, was that's old and on. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a tremendous time. It really was. It was an emotional time for me. Uh, something I always wanted to do, and and Al Davis meant the world to me, uh, especially in my career. So um, it was really important to me. And they and the team played very well. Uh, gave her a, a lot of great talk. So they were scheming for it and they, they had, they had a great scheme and they shut down, you know, the perennial all pros that were on the other side of the ball, Von Miller and, and, and Bradley Chubb. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, let, let's yeah. talk about what did they do off, uh, offensively with Derek Carr and Derek Carr, I thought played a terrific game. Um, right. he was accurate. He, yeah. he, he was, you know what? He had a pulse. I'm like Joe Flacco, but he had a he, he like he, he you know he he was he was height and uh, what, what did you think offensively the game plan and Jacobs uh, you well, know running basically using the run 
to really kind of open things up for Carr. The big thing for Josh Jacobs is here, the Raiders have been lacking a between-the-tackle running back, somebody that can that can put up to take the hard yards. Remember, I think I told you this, but Gruden's offense hasn't changed. It was exactly the way that I played for it. So he likes to run a lot of power where they bring in a fullback and they try to get downhill. He likes to run a lot of blast and isos where they isolate the, uh, the, the fullback on the Mike linebacker and stuff like that. So the, so Jacobs adds to that his ability to run and, you know, yards after the catch. No offense to DeAndre Washington, who's been hurt for much, most of his career off and on up until now is finally healthy. So it's a great changeup back. And Jalen Richard, you've also seen in the past. So they got great changeup backs in a, in a backfield that's, that can be productive, especially banking on the, how many carries that, that Josh Jacobs had. But you saw in that first game, his versatility and his versatility comes in big out of the passing game. Um, I had the fortune of playing with Charlie Garner back in the day. He oh, was, yeah. you know, the, a great back who could run between the tackles, do it all. Yeah. Almost like a, a, a scat back, an old throwback scat back. Yeah. Do it all. Um, and so we had great success with him. And you see a little, little bit of semblance with that with Jacobs. I know it's early, but I'm just saying you, you, this is sort of what you see. And that's sort of what the Raiders have. So they had a good plan with Jacobs. More importantly, they were able to close out the game by utilizing him, running the football, getting downhill. And even when the, the Broncos stacked up the line to take that away, they had great change up and great play. The unsung heroes, but it definitely deserves mentioning is the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, I Cole Miller played well. Good. Trent Brown, you know, it made me feel good. And it was coming into this game, I was concerned not only, not about by, by the tackles of Brown and Miller, I was concerned about the guards because they had replacement guards. Richie Incognito suspended first two games. Uh, Gabe Jackson still down with the knee injury. And so coming in with good at right guard and Debbie at left, at uh, left guard, that was, that was a, a, a point of emphasis for me. And I think the offensive line really played well. Uh, and along with having some great contributions from Darren Waller, who's a converted wide receiver to tight end, which yeah, presents he's a, a matchup problem. He's a, he's a matchup problem because you, you, you don't want to use a nickel corner on him and he'll overmatch any safety or linebacker. So he presents a matchup problem, which one the Raiders haven't had in quite some time. They haven't had a matchup problem in that position since Dave Casper. Probably. Yeah. I don't know how far we can go back, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 now explain to me this. Um, I watched the whole game, just, you mm-hmm. know, had you on, like I was just fired up. Um, the defense played really well and, yeah. and they played well early. You know, the Baltimore mounted, I mean, Baltimore, geez, that's <laughs> Denver mounted some drives in the second half. Yeah. But really couldn't finish. Uh, wh- wh- what do you think about their, uh, about the Raiders defense? I like mainly what they did with the rotation with the defensive line. And that's going to be something that they, they kind of, you know, Paul Gunther has, has had used in the past, but it's the big thing. You see it a lot in Philadelphia at our Eagles. The, the rotation of your defensive line, yeah. you got to have guys, six, seven, eight guys that can play at a high level for the game and you wrote, rotate those guys in. And so the thing that they were able to do is they were able to generate pressure with four, which is a good sign. Um, they have to build upon him because it wasn't consistent enough. At, spart- at spots, you saw him generating pressure against four. Vontez Burfick, who's the, the quarterback of that defense, was playing out of his mind. I think he finished with like seven tackles. He was all over the place. I, I love Vontez Burfick. Yeah, oh he was all God, over the place. I love him. Yeah, so there, there were a number of contributors, but overall, the defense played well. I like what the secondary did. I like how they, they had a lot of their matchup. Uh, I was you know, surprised. Do, do they have that? that I mean, I... 
I was surprised how well the secondary played. Now, was that the secondary, or was that partly Flacco, who who looks like he's been lobotomized? <laughs> Is it that bad? Um, well, you didn't really think that Flacco was going to light up the scoreboard in the air, did you? I mean, we've seen it. This is he's way past his prime. He's he, no, I, I didn't, but I thought he would be. But you know, here's the thing about quarterbacks, right? Right. They're you know in your 30s is when you get really really good because you know what you're looking at and you still have your arm strength. Like you know, I mean, you know, nowadays the 30s is it's not past your prime, right? Right. Now now. Obviously, he was horrible in Baltimore. I did expect him to play better than he did in Baltimore with the weapons he had. So I did expect. Well, I, he looked. He. I don't know what it is about him, but he looks like he's almost comatose out there sometimes. Well, I will say this: coming into this season, my expectations uh, of Denver was we're going to run the football. With our running backs, you know, Philip Ramsey and and uh, and uh, Roy, yeah. Royce Freeman, yeah. um, we, we're and we're going to play defense. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and I and I know they drafted Noah Font out of the the tight end out of Iowa and and, and had a high expectation. And I think still think he's going to be a player. And he had Emmanuel Sanders and stuff like that. Um, but in in this first game, they 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 showed to me the signs of the rust. And and what I mean by that is just not by not playing preseason, you don't really get into a rhythm, and it's always hard to start on the road. But they didn't really get into a rhythm until the second half. They made some some adjustments. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, real, so. real. It was it was great. The atmosphere, despite you know the move, the impending move. I mean, it felt like oh, it was electric. Know, it was just outrageous there. Yeah, I mean, it, it really was. It's really, really. I wish cool. I could get you out here for a game before they before they move. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm coming out for you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna look at the schedule. I'm gonna come okay. out for a game. I gotta I gotta stay with you and we're yeah, gonna, absolutely. I'm, I'm doing it. I, I I've already. I'm, I'm, this is gonna be my year year of travel. Okay, so I'm 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 coming out with you. We'll do I'm we'll gonna, do the show from right here you. in San Francisco, so we can, yeah. we can knock that out and we'll hang out and have some fun. I would uh, I would just absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. The uh the the A B chant was the best. <laughs> I had talked with so many Raider fans and you know at nauseum to to some degree you know about what had happened and what had transpired. And to be honest with you, the the feeling was a lot like the team. You know what? Because all the stuff that came in after, well, he didn't really want to be there because the Raiders didn't have a chance to win the Super Bowl, so he was trying to do his thing to get out. And the fact that he went to the Patriots even furthered the fire for them. That they just, you know what, screw him. He doesn't want to be here. You know, uh, then he won't want him here. And I actually saw one uh, one little guy in the tailgating, uh, a young young kid, little boy, probably about six or seven, that had, imagine this, he had um, uh, white Antonio Brown jersey, number 84. Mm. It was turned backwards. And mm. so it said Brown on the front, right? But he blocked out the B and R and he replaced it with tape and, and a marker that said clown. Oh, that's awesome. And he was walking around showing it off. So that's, that's cool, man. I that's know how you they loved feel. it. Yeah, they just hit. I, I love it because the, the, look, these fans are passionate and they'll support you. But the moment that you, you know, you turn and you're not, you're not one of us, you're not one of us. <laughs> but the other thing too is, I know he had to drive you nuts because oh, he did. You know, there's no doubt about it. You're, you're listen. You're the ambassador of the Raiders, so you're, you're anything Raiders happens, your phone blows up, right? So 
you got that. Plus, you you care about the franchise. So, yes. you know, it's twofold for you. He's hurting the franchise, and he's causing you angst. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You know, you know me. I approach things. I try to approach things with logic to understand, with reasoning. I can't understand what he was doing. I mean, yeah. what what did you think was going to happen? And I talked about it in the show earlier. I was like, what did you think was going to happen when you post the letter that you got from the Raiders talking about being fine? And you say on your you, you say on your social media, well, haters are going to hate even my own team. They're against me. The devil, whatever it is that he said. Yeah. yeah. What what do you think is going to happen? And then you get mad because they find you, but you chose to miss time. Now, look, I said, and we talked about it on our show, I said many times that, hey, if you know you didn't want to do preseason, you could have went to the coach and say, hey, man, I don't want to play preseason. Okay. You don't have to play preseason. No one's playing preseason. Anyways, we're not going to make you play preseason, but you need to be there. You can't yeah, be taking it. trips, your flights to Florida in the middle of training camp. No, what kind of message does that send to the rest of the team? No, it's absurd. So you got to find them, right? So then when he was acting like a spoiled child on the practice field the day he got it, the day after he got the letter and and they they excused him to try to send him home and then he got into it with with Mayock a little shouting match that's what everybody heard of okay so what do you expect them to do now because now your conduct is detrimental to the team you he sent you home that's a suspend that that's a fine yeah it, and I know that there are players who get preferential treatment. I'm not saying that. But here's the thing. If you're Gruden or you're Mike Mayock in your first year of being general manager, if you allow these things to happen, everybody's going to walk all over you. Well, that's why I was surprised that Gruden, you know, on that, I guess it was that Friday mm-hmm. where he announced that he was going to play. Well, because he still wanted to play. Gruden wants to win. Right. And he but said the 84 but, was going to give him a chance Mike, to win. You're, you're, what you're doing is you're sending a bad message and I and well, I and, and I, and I totally agree. out there, and, which and that's was a tough, tough spot. And that's why when 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 dumbass number eighty four came back and made the music video on YouTube about the conversation with Coach, I was like, "What are you doing? This does not make any sense. Why do you post a convert? Why do you record a conversation to post it?" Well, there's a reason and a rhyme and a reason, and we'll get to that coming up next because I, I listen. I know it's 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 old, but it's not old because he's going to play. Sunday, where we think he's going to play Sunday and tomorrow, and I'm curious at your thoughts on Belichick and if there's fingerprints of Belichick throughout this whole situation. Ooh, we're the fellas. <laughs> he is Lincoln Kennedy. We have what we learned as well coming up. You don't want to miss that. It's the fellas, Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano, right here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Harold G, La Bichota, Cristina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The fellas, we got the band back together. <laughs> PBR got on Lincoln Kennedy. Figgy, Ryan, Chris, all the crew are here. And we're having some fun. Uh, as we get you ready for this, uh, this Saturday, cause before when we last talked, you were talking about, um, the, the, the hand of Belichick. Uh, did it have some involvement in the situation? The hey, fingerprints. Look, they the they fingerprints, got Belichick yeah. fingerprints all over it. You know, I will he say hires this. the social media director yeah. or the, the social media company to help get him out of of the Raiders and goes to the place he wanted to go all along. Well, I mean, I hope it ends poorly for them. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you don't want to see. I Look, again, a person of logic trying to approach the situation. I was like, how can somebody just throw away $30 million? You know, that's, and you know, now people are talking, well, he's going to get 15 and there's a projection of 20 guaranteed. I'm like, but still, you don't know. You're projected. You had. $30 million guaranteed. And the Raiders, in my opinion, gave him everything he asked for, gave him everything he wanted, bent over sideways to try to appease him to make him happy. And he didn't want to be there. Okay, that's fine. Now he goes to New England and everyone says, well, that happened quickly. Well, the reports were New England wanted him back in March when they first heard about it. They just didn't want to pay the price the Steelers were first asking. And you remember, it was a couple first round picks. They wanted, I think it was too. New England was like, no, you're not getting that. So if he lands here, if it's, this is what he, you know, he's wanted all along. What I say to that, cause is that in this day and age, I think you'll agree. The players have a lot more power than they did before. And if you didn't want to go to a team, you don't think that, that, you know, that Scott, Scott's ball, Drew Rosenhaus agent couldn't get you to the team that you wanted to go to. 
Yeah, I, you're right on, man. I mean, you're, just you're, say, hey, you know, who's interested? Yeah. Well, you got you got the Raiders, you got this team. I don't want to go there. You know, I want to win the championship. Okay, well, you know, the New England's interested, but we can't. They don't want to get the draft. Wait it out. Yeah, you know, there's so many things that you can do. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, this whole thing—he blows himself up so he can. You know, he was mad to Pittsburgh, didn't trade him there, right? And turned down more for him to go to New England, and he mm-hmm. was mad about it. And it seemed like the, you know, I, and like I don't know, like how was he early in camp? Like early in the process, did you get any kind of thing, any kind of idea? Like, Not at all. The, even, like the, even during the helmet nonsense, like that when was so I saw ridiculous. Him during, yeah, when I saw him during the mini uh, the mini camps and the off season work, not at all. It looked like he wanted to be there. Mm. Everyone in the locker room loved him. Wow, because he just had that he had that smile. He was always happy. He was pleasant to be around. He was joking. He he looked like he wanted to be there. Now financially, so went, it doesn't behoove him. But well, that's that's know. the thing. I mean, you know, they're they're talking about the the money, but he but here's the thing. Again, trying to make sense of what he does. Even he's already, since he's been at New England, he's already, what, I think put something out on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it was, you know, showing off the, the TB12 facility and, and talking about haters want to hate and haters and all these naysayers and all this other stuff. And I'm like, who's hating on you? I mean, yeah. I, my biggest issue with everything that he's did is that he's painted like he's the victim, but he's brought all this on himself. How are you a victim when you cause this? It's unbelievable, isn't it? It, it? it really is. Did you by any chance see the Dennis Rodman 30 for 30? I saw the final 15 of it. I think it was. I had to watch the whole thing. I saw the Was that awesome? First of all, it was just, it was great. Really well done. Right. And he was such a character and such yeah. a goof. And I remember a lot of that. He was, uh, he was such an interesting, he was fascinating dude. Like I go back to when I I was in here, I was supposed to do a story on him, mm-hmm. and the story was like basically I used to write these long pieces right for when mm-hmm. I was in New York, and I was going to hang out with him for the night and write about it. Right. Was, I knew him a little bit, and he kind of liked me because I had like seventeen earrings back in the day, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, I was, and I was inked up, bad ink, but nonetheless I was inked up. So it was before like you know maybe it's now right right like sleeves right. and stuff right so. You know, we we go we 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 predate that a little bit. So he he got so he and I kind of hit it off. So he, he allowed he was going to allow me to hang out. So I fly to Chicago, and I'm waiting in the. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'll call you in the room. So I'm waiting. I'm stuck in the room waiting. You know, it's mm-hmm. like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Right, and waiting. I have a couple beers in the room. You know. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's eleven thirty, right? Right. I'm starting to like, you know, just sitting there watching TV. I'm starting to doze. Next thing you know, two o'clock, the phone rings. It was like two fifteen. You ready? <laughs> I go. All right, I'll meet let's you. go. Let's roll. <laughs> I'll meet you, right? So yeah. we met some joint. It was uh, right downtown. Mm-hmm. What's the ex- what the hell is the name of this club? It was like it was it was fun. It was like you mm-hmm. know it was a good time back in the day. It was a big it was a popular Chicago nightclub. So I hung out with him for so it was funny. Like you know, so I'm with him. We had a couple of drinks like now, like in the first hour, and then like you know, then he just disappeared. Right. <laughs> like basically, I, I I had a couple of drinks with him at the club, and I'm looking for him. And, <laughs> 
It was like, a, you know, and he was back in his leather days yeah, and he was yeah. all lighted up. Right. So the question is, and it comes off the text board from our friend Tate's Cake Dom, would you rather take a chance on Antonio Brown or a Rodman type? Like these unstable characters. Are you but they down? bring so much to the table. You well, that's it. Like, you got to you know, take a chance. I mean, if you're if you're the Patriots, you already got a, a wild card with Josh Gordon, right? right. So, but you, you you have no Gronk. You still need that one guy. Now, look, they destroyed Pittsburgh, but still, yeah. you know, you you still need you you don't a you can't count on Josh Jordan, Josh Gordon, and b if something does happen and Josh Gordon's good and Antonio Brown's good. You have a, you have Brady has the best weapons he's ever had in his life. Well, I think the short answer to your question is you. I think you. I feel compelled. You have to take the chance. <coughs> but the but the but to me the honest the part of it and it depends on who you are. If you're the Patriots and you look at their schedule, I mean, not for nothing. Who are you facing? Yeah. It really scares you. I mean, you're the Patriots. You're defending Super Bowl champions. It's not like you're, you're, you, oh, we got to have this star receiver because we're not going to be able to win. As you mentioned, they destroyed Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is what is, I'm looking at their schedule. Pittsburgh is the only team that they faced other than Baltimore and Philadelphia at the end of the season, Dallas, that went to the playoffs, right? I mean, you, 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 you look at their schedule is ridiculously easy. That's just unfair in its own. So I I mean, it's uh, unbelievable. You know, they're taking uh, action now if the Patriots go undefeated. So taking action now. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so the odds, the odds yeah. are plus a thousand. Of course. That I mean, they just go going like, down so the list, let me read the schedule. One. Yeah. Let's read the schedule, okay? They started off with Pittsburgh, who they destroyed 33-3. We already know that, right? They got Miami this week. They're in Miami this week. I know tankers, historically yeah, they, don't, they don't do well, but still, they'll, they'll take no, you, that game. Yeah, Followed by the Jets. 20 point favorite. Exactly. <laughs> Followed with, by the Jets. With no Sam Mono Darnold. Yeah, yeah. He's got called Mono Christian in the Mono. corner. So he's, got, right. he's, he's gone. At Buffalo. Then at now, the Redskins. Yeah, oh you think God, Buffalo's going to challenge him? Really? Guys? So, probably not. But, but they're good. They're surprised. Like, they're a good team. Just, I'm just telling you, just I have a, a little bit of an eyebrow. We're going to talk to Sean McDermott, okay. I think, next okay. week. He's coming okay. on the show. Just, I, I'm just saying. I mean, Sean, Sean's got them playing. They're a good defense. But I, I, mean, I will say know, that, yeah, agree with that. Mm-hmm. But, no, but yeah, I mean, listen, you're, I mean, they're going to be, where's that game? Is it Fox? That's at Buffalo. Right, at Buffalo. That's at Buffalo. So, at Buffalo. They'll still be my guess is a nine point eight, you know, seven eight nine point favorite. <laughs> so you know, as much as I love, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I like Buffalo a lot. I'm rooting for Buffalo, obviously, but I, I like them a lot. You know, there's still a, a, a touchdown plus favorite, which is so then, you know, what, in, in its own is. I mean, because you don't really see a lot of lines like that. You know, the three and a half, the four. No, I mean, you know and I mean? that's going to be the lightest line. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, they're twenty they against the Jets. They'll be double digits. Yeah. Who's after Buffalo? Redskins. Then they'll the be Giants. Double digits. Then the Jets again. They'll be double digits. They'll be double digits. 
Then they take they, on Cleveland. They'll face Baltimore November 3rd at Baltimore. All right, so that's their first real test. You got to go to November. Yeah. Yep. Other than the Buffalo one. That's the So and, and Cleveland, I mean, I mean I would presume they get it right, but still uh Baltimore's good. They're really good. They're really good defense. And then then they have a bye. Then they have a bye. Then right. then, then they, they, have they come see the Philadelphia. They go to Philadelphia, see the Eagles. Now that's a, that, that's that's a tough Eagle back to back road games. Eagles Dallas is when right. they lose their first game. Right. So then you're talking about week twelve. You drop your first game. So you're ten and one, or whatever it is, eleven two. I mean eleven and one. You know. Wow. That's, that's just flat out scary. You already sealed up the vision. If that's the case, if they go through, you already sealed up the vision because you do have to face Miami and Buffalo at the end of the season, but those other teams will beat up on each other. And so you'll have the division. So you'll, you'll at least be guaranteed at least a home game. And then if you have an 11 1 record or, you know, 10 and 2 record at that time, you're still one of the better teams in the league and you're, we're working for home field advantage. Scary. <laughs> scary, scary. All right. Uh, let's do this. Let's get Figgy up here, and then right. I got a question a team. So it's one question per team that I need to get to. We need to go college picks, and then we got to go NFL picks. So we got a lot to squeeze in in the abbreviated my portion of the show. <laughs> let's welcome in. He did a yeoman job. He he's the he's just terrific. He is the great. Figgy. Hey, you, Anthony. I appreciate it. You got the check I sent you, so that's good. Thanks <laughs> no, for that. man. Listen, <laughs> that's from, listen, it's from the heart. You know, all kidding aside, you're the, you're the man. I uh, greatly appreciate it. It's good to have you back, by the way, after a couple of weeks hiatus. So good to have you Thanks back. Thanks for re- reaching out, dude. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, football is finally back after a long hiatus. I know Anthony's happy about that. We had some uh, Friday night college football. One ranked team was in action. It was uh, Washington State, and they improved to 3-0 and with a 31-24 victory over Houston. Kansas was coming off of a home loss to Coastal Carolina last week. They entered Friday night's matchup as a three-touchdown underdog against Boston College and pulled off the upset. 48 to 24. An ACC scheduling quirk would have had about six years go by before Wake Forest and North Carolina squared off. So the two schools actually got together, scheduled a home and home non conference game in the series. So the Demon Deacons got out to a 21 0 lead, almost blew it, but they held on for a 24 to 18 victory over the Tar Heels. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And look at the pennant races in baseball. You have the Rays beating the Angels. Oakland hammered Texas, so the A's lead the Rays by one game for the top wild card spot. The Indians one game back of Tampa for the final wild card. Their game against the Twins rained out. They will play a doubleheader later this afternoon. Dodgers over the Mets, dropping New York to three games out of the playoffs. Cardinals beat the Brewers 10-0. Milwaukee four games out of the NL Central. One game behind the Cubs for That's the final. You lose Yelich, man. I'm yeah, sorry. and they've been playing so well. They just had a seven-game win streak snap, so they're almost rallying around the fact that he got hurt. Shame. But you kind of yeah. felt it was going to peter out at some point. I mean, that was the likely MVP candidate, to be honest yeah, with you. Likely MVP of the year after uh, Bellinger took a bit of a step back for the Dodgers. So, uh, tough sledding there for them. And the, the Cubs won a blowout against Pittsburgh earlier in the day, by the way. They hit five home runs in a victory over Pittsburgh. You got Cubs coming out as the second wild card? Probably, to be honest with you. Honestly, I don't think it matters. I think that they're all playing for 
for second place to the Dodgers. To be honest with you, I, I know the I know the Braves have made a bit of a run, and they're on the Dodgers' heels for the best record in the National League. But I don't know if anybody. Nah, else, you know, I, I agree with you. How about locks coming in for them? Jeez, it's whoever they've called up, and this has happened over the last couple of years. No matter who they've called up, they've been productive. You know, whether it's been this year, you look at Gavin Lux or Matt Beatty, whoever they've called up. Edwin Rios hit a home run for them. So you name it, you bring them out of the Dodger the Dodger farm system, they'll come up and be productive. But it's the depth they've created in their farm system. That's why they've been so good the last uh, few years. They've won seven straight division titles. So uh, impressive for them. So, But they're probably going to get worked over in the World Series regardless of who they play in the, uh, out of the AL. So I'll admit that too. Well, that's uh, the Strohs. Yeah, so we'll get back to the show in 10 seconds. Uh, but first, a word from Farmers. Farmers Insurance knows the difference between a car hitting your bumper and a clown car hitting your bumper. Sorry about that. Because at Farmers, we've seen and covered it. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Fellas, back to you. Thank you, Fig. We are the fellas coming live from the Geico. Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com and you can get yourself a free rate quote. All right, Big Link. You've been, uh, you've been, we've been so inundated with football, baseball heating up a little bit. Yep, playoff times are coming. It's starting to cool I, down. I do agree with uh, with Fig about the DNL and the Dodgers. Like I like the Braves yeah. a lot. I think that's a good squad, and I think the Nats could actually wake up and make a run. Believe it or not, but it's the Dodgers, right? The right. Dodgers, yeah. And, I'm and I think they're due. I mean, you talk about being on the, the cusp, um, but it, I think they're due. I mean, they've been to the World Series. It's time for them to win one, right? But don't don't sleep on the AL. Well, the, the problem is the, the Astros. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the problem. The Astros are nasty. The Astros. All right. A question, a team. Let's go through it. We covered the Raiders. And we covered the Patriots because you see no weakness when it comes to the Patriots, correct? Unfortunately, I mean, look. I, here's the thing: even even if I know we've made this argument many times, that people are like, well, it's not their fault. It, it it is what it is. This division, for whatever reason, is not helping. I mean, it's not like they're getting better after two decades. You saw what's going on with the Dolphins. You saw what's going on with the Jets. That's two out of the four teams in the division. Even if even if the Bills are competitive, I still don't think they're good enough to beat the Patriots on a consistent level. So now we're talking about the latter part of their schedule before they suffer their first loss. Yeah, it's Go scary. to Baltimore, have a yeah. bye, go to Philadelphia, prepare for it. You know how they come out after yeah. buys. Go to Philadelphia, then then Dallas, then Houston. Then Kansas City, you know, I mean, that's a string. That's a month of football where you can say, okay, maybe they'll take a lump there because you got some teams that that probably run. But we've seen we've seen things this team rides rides to the occasion. And if they have, you know, a force like an Antonio Brown, and you see what they're able to do without him. Well, imagine if they have Gordon and Antonio Brown. No, it's crazy. No, it's crazy. It really is. Sony Michelle. Yeah. I mean the run yeah. game, the way they were able to put things together. I mean, they don't even, and, and, I mean at some blink. point, I, I I thought maybe Gronk would come back, but until I saw him and he looked like he was about two ten, <laughs> and he like yeah. shrunk. Yeah, <laughs> he was nuts. Um, but they don't, you know, as great as he is, they they don't they don't miss him. Yeah. It's pretty, no. it's pretty amazing. The the rest of that division, you know, you, you can't do anything until Donald comes back and right. That's going to be a little bit of a bit of it. We talked about the Bills, but 
are you, I'll ask you, is Allen is Allen the guy that can lead you, can be the game manager for you? I still think we're seeing growth, and I haven't seen him from start to finish fit comfortably in this scheme, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, I I think he's growing. I I mean, I, th- I, like I think it. he's, he's growing. He's taking his lumps tough. and stuff like yeah. that. The defense is going to help him, but you know, I and 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 when you talk about just his overall growth and and, and projection forward, they're in a division where they they should at least finish second, second, which will bold you know give them confidence. There's no doubt about it. Maybe maybe if they win enough games to challenge for a, a wild card, but I haven't seen their schedule. If you look at um. Need to go and I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick. I know they play. I mean, we 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 talk about we we talk about who they play the NFC East, right, and the AFC North, right. So, can they challenge for a wild card? Can they finish nine and seven? I mean, possible, possible. You know, it's yeah. po- it's possible. Um, it, elsewhere in that division, now you guys talked earlier about the Dolphins and the tank yeah. job, right? Trying to trying to emulate my squad. But it's hard. It's it's so it's different. It's so difficult in football. Yeah, as, compo- as, as compared to basketball. Well, you're just doing it for one reason. You're doing it for franchise quarterback. Well, but again, again, that was the other part of the conversation. That was the B into the conversation. It's like, is there is there that franchise quarterback that you can rely on? Do you want to go after Tua? Is it Herbert? Is it Fromm? Is it you know Burrow who's coming out of LSU looking now, or do you want to try to wait a year and get Trevor Lawrence, who seems to be more of the sure thing than what you have in the in the pot for this year? Eligible. I mean, I I like Tua. Am I am I alone in that? I, don't think you're I love alone. Joe I think Barrow. A lot of I mean, like Tua. I mean, I love Joe Barrow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Joe Barrow is ridiculous. I think what where we're at is on on a little bit. We we saw it happen with Kyler Murray being drafted. Um, a little bit of the college game, especially at quarterback, the non-typical quarterback, the mobile quarterback, sort of coming into more of the view of the NFL. And it, it, it drafting Kyler Murray number one overall, rather than the traditional pocket passer, stall to, you know, you know, six foot five, six foot six quarterback, stand tall in the pocket like so many quarterbacks have been drafted before. Rather than have that, that's where you are. Tua's six one. He's mobile. Um, he's he's athletic. Uh, a lot of times in the past, that has deterred a lot of general managers, and I think that's slowly changing. He's also got a good arm, and he's lefty, so you get that. Right. Which I, I think that. he's got you a really right, right, real... right hand. You throw with your left hand. Go figure. Yeah, I I like him a lot as far as his arm. I think he's got good arm talent. I mean, his problem is. I still think he's green. Like he, he, he gets he gives up too quickly. He's out of the pocket, moving too quickly. Right, right. He's he's got to trust his. He hasn't reached that point yet of trusting his line, especially you know there. Like, come on, dude. And you know he's you still flush him quickly out of the pocket. That's a problem. Yeah. But you also got to figure this as far as the growth. Now you know what type of program Alabama runs. They, since they're running all over people quickly. I mean, how how many times has he truly been tested? No, I agree. No, listen, you're right about that. You know, you look at the Georgia game last year, and it took Jalen Hurt to come in and save the day, right? Yeah. So but now, did you make a lot? Now, am I making too much of Barrow? Like, I love Joe Barrow. Like, I oh, again, I mean, it's early. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of them. You know what I mean? 
All right, well, hold the thought because, you know, I do want to touch on him and what happened to Texas. And then uh, we'll continue to move through the question of an NFL team. The, quest, the one question for every NFL team. Every every team? Well, it's just, you know, a quick <laughs> summation. What? Quick question and answer. We only have an hour and a half left. Well, every team? Every team. We only I'm did. Sorry. We already did two, so we still got. No, we've done more three. than that. Okay. I think. I don't think. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm counting down. I guess. I don't All right, we did. Okay, we, we did Miami, New England, yeah. Buffalo, Jets. Okay. I mean, I'm crossing through some of them. Raiders. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. So we're all right. We're, we're down five, Raiders. man. All right. Now listen. I, I my problem is I've over I've over prepared again. <laughs> That's a good problem. That's a good problem, right? right? But I promise we'll move quickly because we have to have breakdown, and we're going to do college breakdown and NFL breakdown. So, whoa, we got to go. We got a motor. We're the <laughs> fellas. <laughs> I'm an idiot. That's a, that's a lot to do. <laughs> he is the man. L K. Big bleeping link. I'm Cuz Anthony Gargano together with the fellas on Fox. Fellas, Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano, Big L K. Get those LK cigars. Yes, sir. So here's the deal. Link, as we go forward through these as we go forward through these teams and we go hit the AFC North, the the Browns and getting destroyed by Tennessee in the opener and looking just so poor. Is the whole thing a fraud is the question. No, I don't think the whole thing is a fraud. I, I think that, look, I I, I, I believe in Miles Garrett. I think he's probably going to end up winning Defensive Player of the Year and just seeing what this, this team can do. I know a lot of it's on paper, the conjecture's on paper, but I, I think they'll be all right. They just got to limit the distractions. I don't know how you do that when you have people like, you know, OBJ and stuff like that in your locker room. I don't know how you limit the distractions, but – um, because it seems like just like Antonio Brown, you cause much so much grief. You know the fact that he's mad that the NFL is mad at him about the watch. Yeah. Don't wear the watch. Yeah, just, I, mean, I don't know what you, we, we need to watch out for in football field. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh well, they're only doing it because it's me, dude. No, it it stands out. It it it's it's it's. What are you wearing a watch no. for? What you? Yeah. <laughs> just don't, you, you know I don't the answer some is, of these people. What's that? You know, it's like, you know, you just go, you just want to go, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Just be quiet. Yeah. Just be quiet. Listen, we can all, we can all be annoying no matter what the gender. Right. But I ran into this, this woman, right? So I started getting, she, she, she had cut me off, right? Okay. And uh, I, so you actually I looked, literally hit her. You hit it. Hit hit her car. No, 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 no. Oh, you said you ran. I think okay. No, she cut me off, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I ran into I, I ran into her like in the sense of encounter. I encountered this woman, and so it turns out she works in my building, right? Okay. So I go, listen, I you know, did you not see me? Like, listen, it's all right. Like, I, I didn't want to. I just was like, did you not see? Like, you know, like it wasn't combative. It wasn't nothing like that. You know what I mean? Because whatever. She was like older. Well, not older, but like 
middle-aged woman. I didn't want to. I wasn't in beef mode. I was just like, oh, you know. But right away, she just started talking. She wouldn't let it go. All right. Welcome back, fellas. 9 a.m. in the East, 6 a.m. in the West. It's a college football Saturday. You okay? Look at Kennedy. I'm oh. excited, man. What football, was man. Was that, was that your snap? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to pull kill, a kill. Cam Newton? You didn't want to pull a That's Cam me. Newton? Ready? Yeah, hold on. Uh, a scam yeah. Newton? That's a scam <laughs> Stop. Newton. Stop. Stop. You know how I feel about I know, cancer. Don't you like the hairdo? Dude, he, he blows. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say how bad he is? He's a Fig- rank stank. Hey, Figgy called the best when we were talking about earlier shows. Like I, I had asked him, I said, you know, when you when you watch him in the, in the press conferences, isn't it hard to take him seriously? And Figgy's like, he had a he had a peacock wrapped around his. Head. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, he's true. <laughs> Looks like Medea. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's not flattering in any way. No, come on, man. <laughs> you forget about like you know his eccentric eccentricities, right? Forget mm-hmm. about that. That's fine. I don't care. You can be. As eccentric as you want, I, I like eccentric. I I also like accuracy. And I, I don't see any of that. Oh God, yo, dude, he had plays all over the field. Yeah, and he had a little bit of pressure. He stop, like he was under this avalanche of duress. He had plays everywhere. Poor he Curtis Samuel. I mean, my lord, he was up and down and side, stopped his. I mean, I, I never. I, like, he might be. Like, that performance was maybe the most inaccurate performance of an accomplished quarterback. It's hard to So, it's of a quarterback to, with a name, right. it was probably the worst performance I've ever seen. I've seen some bad performances quarterback play. I haven't, but of a not yeah. of of a stank stank, right? Of a, an accomplished quarterback, yeah. Former MVP is what worse. I mean, I, I still think he has shoulder issues. I, he, he's never been mouse hole accurate. No, no, but he's been a playmaker. But there, there were throws that he was missing on Thursday night to wide open receivers. Dude, they're wide open. I mean, and you the, can't the, get much more. The more ball open is just yeah. like fluttering. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like here's like here's between two guys. Right. Oh my! I've never seen like the wounded ducks. Oh my god! It was horrible. Oh, they can pull. stop. <laughs> he made Winston look good. <laughs> true story. And that is stinks. a true story. <laughs> he stank. My God! Horrible for horrible bad football. Anyway, we got lots of good football ahead of us. Interesting day today, though. Not a. It's the first time since 2017 that we have a college football slate without two ranked teams facing yeah. one another. Top 25 matchup, yeah. So, but there are some interesting games. Yeah, Clemson and Syracuse today. Can Syracuse bit Clemson? You remember two years ago? Yeah. We talked. I think you ago. called it outright. Yeah, I mean, I actually, the ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> My main man, my partner, LK, Lincoln Kennedy, Big Bleepin' Link, he called that game. Ryan, <clears> our <throat> producer, Lincoln called the game outright. The Q's was like a, what, 18-point underdog? Yeah, something like that at home. And he said, you watch, Q's outright. Well, I'll ask you, 
Do you see a repeat? No. I don't <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> not this time. Syracuse offense is not yeah. is no. not potent. Lacks no. some no. potency. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, Trevor Lawrence hasn't really looked great early on, but they should still steamroll. Yeah. I mean, just defensively they should yeah. steamroll. Yeah, no doubt. In the years past, I think like especially last year. The defensive line was the strength of the Clemson program. This time, I think it's their big boys up front. This offensive line is going to just keep, yeah, just keep everybody at bay. So, no, it's it's not happening this time. No, what, I, what's the line on that game? I I, I agree. How bad All right, let's it? go through. Speaking of the line, <laughs> this is where we start our college breakdown. Chris, I knew you were going there. That's do right. us a favor and uh, hit us with some good background uh, football kind of music. All right. For the little college breakdown. Thank you, my friend. Let's start early with the 12 o'clock games. And uh, we'll mix and match and kind of go through it. Cincinnati, Battle of Ohio. Cincinnati, 17 and a half over Miami. Oh, Cincinnati drubbed by Ohio State. Yeah. I think they bounced back against Miami of Ohio. However, it's still a hefty line. Um but I'm going I'm to lay it for reasons. I'm going to lay it. I'm going to lay it. I'm going right, to I'm gonna, I have a selection, too, but I have the total. Okay. I'm going to take the under. It's 49 the under? and a half. Oh, okay. Makes sense. And these two teams play tight, good defense. Right. And since that's a good defense, Ohio's got Miami Ohio's not, not bad defensively, and they, I don't think they'll be able to score much. So I'll give me the under 49 and a half in that game. Moving on, Georgia, 33 over the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. Can lay it? Lay it. I think the Red Wolves get inside the number. Really? I do. I think they get inside the number. I mean, listen, the Frommer is outrageous, the whole thing. But Arkansas State's not a bad team. Good, well coached. Okay. So I'm going to take the number plus 33. I got another pick for you that's kind of a stank game. But it's Illinois and Lovey Smith. Hosting Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. And Illinois is a seven and a half point favorite. I like Eastern Michigan. Oh, really? Plus the seven and a half. Yes. Okay. Well, it might be a little bit of a trap game for Illinois, but I'm going to, I'm going to trust the Loveys. I'm going to go with the Lovey Smith. You're going to go to the Loveys? Yeah, All right. Yep. I've been, I've been, it's, it's been sussing out. Okay. I'm studying games. Oh, look at you. Studying all these teams. I had nothing else to do on there. <laughs> like I was on the sidelines by night. <laughs> By not by choice, right? I know, I understand, but I'm just right? saying you got all this. I'm time. like, I don't like, know anything about Arkansas what is Link State, doing, so. and I'm all I'm doing is looking at the college teams. <laughs> Ohio State, eighteen at Indiana, and uh, traditionally, Indiana's been a trouble spot. Yes, for Ohio State, yes. play them tough on the road again. What's your thoughts? I'm going to go with Indiana. I'm going to take the points with Indiana. I like this one at home. I think like, Indiana, I think like Ohio State wins years. it. But I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take the points. All right. You got it. All right, I'm going to abstain and I'll trust you and root for you. I got another early game for you. Mississippi State, Kansas State. Miss State is an 8-point favorite and I like the Wildcats. I, I do like their like the offense. You too. Yes, I like the yes. Wildcats. Yes, they're, they're a good. That's a good squad. Yeah. That's no, no doubt. I like it. I like it. I right, we on the same page. Moving on along the college slate, Penn State 
They struggled with Buffalo early and then went out yep. and actually got the 30-point cover. Amazing. They are a 17-and-a-half-point favorite over the Pitt Panthers in an in-state rival. I think Penn State wins the game, but I like Pitt to keep it close, so I'm going to take Pitt with the points. I agree. You are on to it, my man. You are on to it. We'll both take the Pitt Panthers to keep it close. Uh, the, the story of the early season, at least in the Mid-Atlantic, is Maryland. The Terps, the Dirty Terps, looked awesome. They blew out the cues. The offense is rocking and rollicking. Then they come to my neck of the woods to play my alma mater in Temple. And the Terps are a seven and a half point favorite against Temple. Now so there was a lot of money being put because when I first saw it, it was six and a half. So you said it's at seven and a half now. Uh, well, maybe it's, it's uh, this is these are the lines from uh, these lines are from yesterday. Okay, so I mean, so just, they could have moved. Something. I got them yeah. from uh, okay the part I do a show from Parks Casino. It's uh, uh, he has a sports book. So that's where I got it from. The point is, is that with Maryland doing what they did on offense, I'm surprised the line being this this way. Not selling your owl short. I'm just a little no, surprised. So I'm going to tell um, you, the Temple has a, has the best secondary in the conference. Is that right? Yeah, they have really good secondary. Great safety play. Good young cornerbacks. A couple NFL talent. Some NFL talent. Mm-hmm. So do they get under that touchdown? I'm going I'm to have to lay it with Maryland. I still think Maryland wins by a touchdown. All right. All right. I got Temple. Okay. And it's not a uh, alma mater pick either. No, I get it. Hey, it's all good. Yeah, I, I think they're they're pretty good. All right, West Virginia, NC State. West NC State on the road is a six and a half point favor. Yeah. Is West Virginia that bad? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. James Madison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're that bad. That is so let, lay it lay it with NC State. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. On the road. I hear you. I lean I'm with you. Yeah. All right, I got a I got a good game too. Another I, this could be an outright. Uh, I'm going to go early to Boulder, where the Buffaloes host the Falcons. I'm going to take Air Force plus the four, and I think Air Force wins it outright. Outright, look at uh, you. This Air Force team's good, bro. They are good. And Colorado, for what it's worth, beat Nebraska last week when they come back from behind uh, victory. Yeah. Played a lot. And this is a big time for a letdown. So I can see that. I I still think the Buffs are a little bit stronger. To I, I like them that Montez to finish this game. So I'm going to go with the Buffs and lay it. Are you like going to lay own, with Colorado yep. at your own peril? Yeah. True story. All right. All right. I'm going to take. I love Air Force in this game. How about the Irish? 35. Mm. Over New Mexico. No. Unfortunately. I hate That's a layer piece. That's a lot. That's a layer. I think it's a layer piece. That's just wrong, though. Yeah. (laughs) I know. But you can't. Listen, the Irish play. I can't can't get on on Notre Dame. All right. Coming up, we uh, take the afternoon games. All the early ones are done. And we lead off with the team that had a big win last week. The quarterback was terrific. Southern Cal, BYU. That's coming up next in uh, all the afternoon games in our college breakdown. It's we get you ready for game day, baby. 
It's a Saturday, a football Saturday with the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. The fellas, Anthony Argonne and Lincoln Kennedy coming to you on Saturday. And we're, if you're just joining us, we're breaking down college football games. So who's next up on the docket, guys? Here we go, baby. All right, uh, we got to move quickly because we have our, you're right, our NFL breakdown as well. So uh, usually we do this previous hour, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we had some tech issues early. So, uh, and I'm windy today because <laughs> I'm chirpy, very talkative, too talkative. All right, so just don't mind my annoying personality right now because I was excited to be with Lincoln. Uh, the USC Trojans at BYU. Coming off the amazing win against Stanford, where the backup comes in to replace TDA Daniels. Slavis. Keaton Slavis had threw for a record, fresh, true freshman making his first start, 377 yards. And I can be honest, uh, he, he did a good job. But the, the guys around him really rallied, and it came from the offensive line. It came from receivers and a lot of the skill positions picking up a, a, a lot of slack for him. But that being said, I like where this SC team is going. I like that they're relevant now in the conversation, and I think they take care of business against BYU. So you you like Slavis again? I like Slavis again. What a, I love the name. <laughs> so you take, you'll lay the four and a half with Slavis? Yes. All right. I'm in. I agree with you. Let's keep going. Alabama, 25 and a half at South Carolina, my friend. Now, a little bit of a fat line, but hey, it's Alabama. What do you expect? And I've learned through a lot of lost dollars not to go up against the Crimson Tide when it comes to these lines, so lay it. They well, find you know a way to I'm... cover, even when even when you don't think they will. Mm-hmm. just they find a way to cover. Yeah, there's the, there's the pick six or the big run back. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, and against South Carolina, I, I think they roll. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I got a game for you. Now, I like this one a lot. And you know the one team. you We just talked about them. Stanford coming off the loss. They get Costello back right. at quarterback. Catching nine at Central Florida. It's a difficult one to travel across I the like country. Central Florida you a like Central lot. Florida? I would I take just, Stanford with the, with the points. Really? We gotta move quick. Yeah, I'm going to take Stanford with the points. I think Stanford finds a way to keep it close. What, what do, have you seen anything? Uh, well, I mean, just, just I, I think just playing off of pure adrenaline. I think you know, the, the, going back um, this far east, I, a lot of people just expect them to fail, especially because Costello didn't play last last week. Um, but I just think they're, they're they got good no receivers, man. Well, make things happen. There's, they're not necessarily a passing team, anyways. They're a running team. No, I know, but I'm saying, but they can't throw. Touch yeah. the floor has got athletes, man. No, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully. I hope it's not All a right. runaway. So I'm going to take Stanford with the points. You're true to your Pac-12 self. Iowa State and Iowa, the battle, this is great. Iowa started a three-point underdog, now a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Ooh, a lot of money came in on State. Major huh? movement on Iowa and the Hawkeyes. Mm. Okay. Strange, because everybody was in love with Matt Campbell. What, what, what you thinking here, Link? This has been one of those rivalries where we would talk to our very own producer. It was uh, oh, Iowa on. Sam. Iowa yeah. Sam. He would give a little insight. I didn't know. I don't know enough about Iowa State. You know, Iowa has always been consistent with theirs. And because it's an Iowa State, I'm going to take the Cyclones. I'm just going to do a coin flip. And take I the agree. Cyclones. I like the, well, I'm going to coin flip it. And I genuinely like the Cyclones. Oh, okay. 
I, I know that the uh, movement was great and people are in love. There's a lot of sharp action mm-hmm. on Iowa. I, I like Iowa State in this game. I know I you look. I know Iowa's defense is legit and they've looked really good early on. I, I I'm I'm not betting against Matt. Cam- I, I Matt Campbell in this spot. <laughs> I like I like Iowa State. I'm going Cyclones. All right, uh, Michigan State, 14-and-a-half over your other Pac-12 squad, Arizona State. Yeah, that's a, it's going to be a tough one because A-State I, I, I did their game last week yeah. against Sacramento State, and they got a lot of young guys, a lot of youth. They're going to take some lumps. But I still think that line is kind of fat. Really? So I'm going to lay into that line, and I'm going to take A-State with the points. Wow, you got, you got Arizona State. No, I'm just going to take with the points. I'm all right, thinking they're going to make right. it more competitive. Now, now you're starting to scare me because I like Sparty in this game. <laughs> well, I like Sparty too. Win it. I'm just right. hoping it's a good game. All right, I got you. Florida, Kentucky tonight. Kentucky plus eight and a half at home. The Gators. Can Kentucky I'm really? I'm gonna lay it. Yep. Late night, prime, you know, prime time type of game. Yeah. Everybody's gonna be crazy in Lexington. I think Florida bounces back, and I mean, not bounces back, but I think Florida sets a, establishes himself even more. So I like, so I like them. Lay it. Lay it. Huh? I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna take Kentucky the points. Okay. I don't know why I'm feeling outright there too. That's a little bold, but I'm feeling Kentucky to win the game. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. All right. I, you know. Yeah. All right, well, Kansas uh, got their first road win. I mean, hey, it can happen. Yeah, no, it, that was a crazy one last night. We talked about Clemson and the Q's. Clemson is laying 28 and a half, my mm. friend. Mm. Man, that is fat. Lay it. They're that good. I agree. I agree. Lay it, lay it, lay it. All right, my game of the day. I love this team. I love this game. I love the spot for this team. It's prime time. And the date line is Charlottesville, where Virginia gets a primetime national game hosting Florida State. They are an eight-point favorite right now. Whatever happened to Florida State? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I love Virginia in this spot. You like Virginia in this game? I'm gonna, Especially I'm gonna take the first half, Virginia. You're over on the, that side. I'm, I'm, I'm going to grow with you. Let's take Virginia. All Still right. trying to bright my hands of what happened around uh, Florida State. Yeah, I, I do. I love Virginia in this game. Washington, your alma mater, laying 21 to the always dangerous Hawaii squad. Man, the Rainbow I mean, Warriors. I think with the Washington's uh, defense, I like them to shut down Hawaii. So I'm going to lay it. Lay the point. Lay it. You lay it? All right. I'm going to lay it. I, I'll trust you. It's your squad. You know that. That's right. Texas and Ellinger goes to Rice. Ellinger looked fantastic. What a game against LSU. Is there a letdown factor? Texas 32 against Rice. God, man, that's a fat line. I know Rice isn't very good, but there's yeah. a level of pride from those smart guys down there in Southern well, Texas. Well, the problem, so. too, is like, you know, we're out after the loss last week. That was an yeah. emotional game. Yeah, yeah. Tough game. Yeah. I, I mean, give I think, Texas a ton of credit, I, I too. I think Texas, yeah, it hangs in there. I mean, Texas takes care of business well, and that hangs in there. I love Ellinger, man. I love that yeah. kid. But I but that's such a fat line. I got to take rest with the points. I just can't yeah, give up that. Much. I know. It's got one. You know what's got written? It's got like thirteen three at halftime. Yeah. You know. And then, yeah, yeah. Then the final score would be something like thirty one to ten or something like that. It's just a fat line. All right, last one on the college board. 
Again, not a great slate today, but it's football, and we love it, and we love college football. Let's go back to Southern California, where the Bruins and a chip beleaguered Chip (laughs) Kelly. Lincoln calls him Creepy Chip. (laughs) Host Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, 23 and a half. Oh, man. I would love so bad. Great Fox game right here. I would would love so much to get some back It's an interesting game, man. I I know the line's fat, but, you know, they got to go balls out, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. UCLA? But I, I don't know what that means for them. Because it's such a young team and inexperienced with so many skill positions. I know. You know I, mean? I love, listen, I love Oklahoma in the game. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no doubt about it. I'm not saying that no, UCLA is going to upset yeah. them. I'm just, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to just come in under the line and say, well, let me take UCLA with the line and yeah. think they're going to make it respectable. I just don't know if they can. Yeah. I, yeah. You, Oklahoma could score a thousand times. <laughs> That's sad. That's that's sad. That's one of my Pac-12 schools, man. Yeah, you can't man. do that. It's wrong. It's just wow, creepy but chip. He's trash. <laughs> Get that right. <laughs> my lord. All right, we're gonna do our NFL breakdown coming up next. But first, we need to find out what's trending with the Lord of Trendings. Hello. Morning, fellas. Morning, Ilo. Welcome back, Anthony. Thank you, my brother. All is once again right with the world, and especially... Oh, it's great to hear your voice. And likewise, great to hear, if you're a Kansas fan, what happened yesterday. Are they now a football school? They entered their game at Boston College as three touchdown underdogs and wound up winning 48-24, to breaking, get this, a 48-game road losing streak against Power 5 opponents. Carter Stanley, three touchdown passes. Khalil Herbert ran for 187 on just 11 carries, and Puka Williams ran for 121. Number 20, Washington State defeated Houston 31-24 also Friday. While in Major League Baseball, the A's won at Texas behind two Chris Davis home runs, 14-9, so Oakland maintains the first wildcard spot in the American League by half a game over Tampa Bay, which kept pace with an 11-4 victory over the Angels. The Rays have won 12-15. of They lead Cleveland for the second AL wildcard spot by a full game. Dodgers over the Mets 9-2, so the Mets now three games out of a wild card spot. Clayton Kershaw got the win for the Dodgers to improve to 14-5. We'll go back to Anthony Gargano and Pro Football Hall of Fame nominee Lynn Kennedy in 10 seconds, but first, a word from Farmers. Farmers Insurance knows the difference between a car hitting your bumper and a clown car hitting your bumper. Because at Farmers, we've seen and covered it. We are Farmers. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck, Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Anthony and Lincoln, and uh, again, congratulations, Lincoln. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ilo. Appreciate it, man. And both Anthony Anthony and I have, uh, you know, we have friends of friends, and Mm -hmm. we're willing to do what it takes to... Help listen, you out, if you know listen, what I mean. Just, just let me know where, where to send the check, and we'll we'll make it happen. Forget about checks. This campaign, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's, per- it's personal. It's not business. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I might have to send some of the fellas to lean on some people to make sure those votes get cast. Come on, let's get that coffee to go. Come on, come on. Like, like, <laughs> like back in the day, how it make sure that vote passed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we are the fellas. Thank you, Ilo. 
You're lovely. Lincoln Kennedy, Anthony Gargano, right here on Fox Sports Radio, live from the Geico. Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Big link, NFL time, baby. Yep. Let's do it. Let's go through it. The NFL breakdown with picks and commentary begins now. Dateline Baltimore. Ravens 13 over the young Kyler Murray and Arizona. Now, Murray looks looked young and green for three and a half quarters until Matt Patricia decided to go soft coverage, prevent, yeah, yeah. and allow Kyler to get some confidence, make some completions, and then Chris, our tech producer, who's a Lions fan, watches the ultimate just tumble. Oh, ugly, ugly tie by the Lions. Worst explosion since the Silver Dome fell apart. Oh, oh. yes. Very oh. good. Very good. Awful. I thought that was Wayne Fonts coaching. <laughs> but Ravens 13 over Arizona. Of course, we know the Ravens all over Miami on sat on last week and taking uh, care of the tank. 13, another fat number. What are you thinking, Link? I have to lay it. I mean, look, I agree with all your points about what what the Lions did with Kyler Murray, and I think he'll be he'll be fine in the future. But you got to put pressure on him. You got to make him uh, force him to run and do things with his legs. You can't just sit back and play prevent and taking your foot off the gas. Really, would cause the Lions' demise, as you mentioned. I think the Baltimore Ravens' defense will be better than that. More importantly. They're going to force the Cardinals. To, they're going to jump out on a substantial lead and force the Cardinals to pass to come back in, and that's not their strength. So lay it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Usually you don't want to lay these big numbers, right. uh, particularly this early, but I don't see any choice. All right, uh, Cincinnati, the Bengals are a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Jimmy G and the Niners. Now, Jimmy G and the Niners, they were outstanding the entire game in Tampa. Right. But – Three Jameis Winston turnovers, including the two pick sixes, allowed the Niners to win the game. Bengals, meanwhile, play Seattle tough. Takes Russ to bail them out. What do you like in this one? You know what? I, I got to believe, even though this is the new NFL where teams go on these long road trips and they stay out for a while, the fact that the 49ers basically stayed in Ohio, they're prepared for this game uh, so they didn't have to travel back to San Francisco. I think sometimes you get a little weary. I know it's early in the season, but I like Cincinnati to beat them, so I'm going to take Cincinnati here at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, there's something about the Niners' offense they still don't trust you. Right. You agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love Kittle, and, and I'm a Jimmy G fan. I just don't think they're ready yet. Uh, the Chargers and the aforementioned Lions, Chargers had a tussle yeah. with Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. Real good game. Now they got to go on the road to Detroit. They are a two and a half point favorite. I like, believe it or not, the Lions to win what? the game. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. Well, I don't know what to make of the I Lions after last week's performance. For punishment, but I like yeah, the I mean. <laughs> but you know what? The fact that the Chargers led Indianapolis by 15 points midway through the third quarter showed me that they can, you know, they can move things, and then of course they had to make things interesting. I still think this team is snake bitten, but with even that being said, it's the Lions. It's in Detroit. I like the Chargers. All righty. Cannot blame you. Uh, Packers. <laughs> and uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to use a play sheet on his wrist for the first time in his career. Ooh. 
laying three against the Vikings, who come off a dominating win against Atlanta, where Cousins throws eight for nine, 98 yards, didn't need much from Kirk, and uh, Dalvin Cook was a beast. Of course, Green Bay beat Chicago in the opener. We all watched that snooze fest. I love my game of the day, the Vikings outright win. Oh, I agree with you. I'm in agreement. I like the Vikings too. Take it. Nice. Outright win, baby. A cheat sheet on your wrist isn't going to make you better overnight, so it's going to take some time. So they they didn't generate a lot of offense in that Bears Mm -hmm. game. I know the Bears defense is good, but I still like the Vikes. Yeah, I love the Vikes. I like I like their defense. I love their skill guys. Vikes all the way. The Texans guy I love. Speaking of which, I love me some Deshaun Watson. And it's criminal that he didn't win the game. Two plays Monday mm-hmm. night. When he takes the lead in the Superdome over Breeze. He's like getting hit. He's, Left and right. he's doing everything to Sean Watson. I love I love that dude. Love the way he plays that position. Except he can't be the defensive coordinator who for some odd reason with six seconds, seven seconds left, the six seconds left, knowing that you need they need seven yards to get into Will Lutz's give him a shot field goal range. They Play decide to lap. I I are you Excuse me? 3D prevent. Yep. Romeo yep. Crinnell, what's wrong with yeah. you, Rome? Yeah. How do Thinking you not play press man? Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. The Saints win. Deshaun unfortunately loses. Anyway, he's a nine and a half point favorite over the Folesless Jaguars. Nick Foles hurt last week. You know, the clavicle. Yeah. So he's out. He gone. He gone. Who you liking this one? Well, look, you without a quarterback, even Gardner Minshew, uh, former Washington State standout, I, I think he did well in, in replacement. But the, the the Jaguars, in my opinion, locked a lot liked a lot of maturity last week in watching that game. Um, you saw Miles Jack get ejected, and I just think this is a team that's on the on the cusp of imploding, especially now that all the the th- thoughts they put into Foles goes down with game one. With that being said, it's really a toss-up to me because too many Houston points, allows no? too many hits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the song, they can't protect Deshaun. Yeah, there's getting beat up left and right. And I I don't know if they did enough against that, if, if they're going to be able to do enough against that defense to keep him upright. So I'm, I'm going to have to take the Jaguars with the line because I think Houston wins, but I still think that it's going to be a lot closer than most people. I might do think. too, man. I love Jacksonville in this game. Yeah. Sounds weird, but I yeah. love him. Uh, and I actually like Minshew. I think he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. It's the porn stash. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, laugh of the day, obviously, we all know it. The tanking Dolphins hosting Belichick and the Evil Empire. The tankers are getting eighteen and a half points, probably up to twenty along certain <laughs> spots. They are. Over thirteen hundred plus on the money line. Oh my gosh, I you know, and I and what are you going to do? You got to lay it. You got to lay it. You can never back that no. hapless squad. No, no. So Especially we'll not against the Patriots. No. And if the Patriots have Antonio Brown, no. Oh, come on, no, no. I mean, they I would do it ju- without him. Yes, <laughs> but if they do, you know, yeah. it's going to happen. You forget about. I'm with. It's going to be like Randy Moss and, and lay, Tom Brady lay, all over. Lay, 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 lay it. Lay it. Yeah. 
Let's go back to the Battle of New York. Or at least Manhattan versus upstate where they bury the bodies. <laughs> the Where's Hoffa? Where's Hoffa? <laughs> the Giants. An underdog to the Bills. That's right. What? Sean McDermott's Bills one and a half point favorite over the G-Men. G-Men. Who, by the way, speaking of horrible coaches, <laughs> speaking of coaches that are clueless, how do you go away from Barkley in that game against Dallas? Panic? Don't know. Pat Shermer. He is horrid. I'll take the Bills minus the one and a half on the road to beat the Giants. It's, it's got to be a trap game to me. I don't even know how you consider a trap game when you're talking about the Bills and the Giants. But but I got to think the Giants are going to be good enough to win somewhere with Saquon Barkley. And I know they've got receiver troubles and everything else. I'm going to slide with the home team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Giants. All right, Don't you, know guys, why. You, you can have them. <laughs> I know. All right, that quickly. The Steelers on the road at Indy. Excuse me, the Steelers at home against Seattle, hosting Seattle. Four-point favorite. I love the Seahawks. I don't care about coming east. I don't care about terrible towels. Ben looks shot. That offense, something's missing. <laughs> Maybe two pieces missing. <laughs> And you know who they are. I'll tell you, as bad as he is, I like Seattle. I think this game's dead down to the wire. Give me the Seahawks. I'm going to think the Steelers are going to bounce back here and this going back to the, the, back home. Look, for what it's worth, you can take whatever you want from the New England game. Pittsburgh just can't beat New England. That's always been the case. It's yeah. nothing changed. Uh, so, but I think they do bounce back, and I think they give Seattle a good run for the money. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Steelers bounce. But I'm going to the Steelers here. All right, be wary of that defense. Not very oh, good. Yeah. All right, yeah. we'll come back and finish the card. It's, we are the fellas. Look at Kennedy Anthony Gargano right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, fellas. Look at Kennedy Anthony Gargano. It's the NFL breakdown. All right, we got to move. We got only a few moments left in the show. I can't believe it. No. But there's some, a lot of games. Let's get to it. Still more? Yes, the Raiders. <laughs> your Oakland Raiders. Back at it. Against the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, look out for... Uh, you can go see Big Red and uh, Spags Mar. And give him a I'll hug try. from Cuz. I'll, I'll try. I'll try not to give him a bear hug. Because he is working for the enemy now. Yeah, but he loves you. I, and I love and him. He too. loves love you. Spags, and, so, yeah. you know, and so does uh, Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly. Andy loves yeah, you. I love Andy. I've had <laughs> lot, many, many conversations with Big That's Red right. about uh, Big Link. All right, so the Chiefs are a seven point favorite, Link. Well, I'm hoping that's it out. Yeah, I mean, real quickly, I'm hoping the Raiders can duplicate the energy. I think they, they're going to definitely need that to compete. But uh, it's going to be something to see how they. Well, Sammy Watkins playing as well as he did last week, and I know Tyreek Hill's down, but they've got other playmakers in place, and of course, Travis Kelsey is still part of it. This is going to be a, a, a time where the defense has got to be disciplined because you know Kansas City has a great screen game, and Patrick Mahomes is, is a stud. So with that being said, 
I'm going to say the Raiders take it close, and this is more of a heart than a head. I'm going to go with Raiders say keep it close and take the Raiders with the points. Uh, you know, it's an offer spot for it, so I, it I, I, I completely understand. Uh, I actually think when it comes to the number, the Chiefs are undervalued again. They were undervalued yeah. in Jacksonville. That line uh, went down from like six to three and a half. Mm-hmm. I think you know, only giving seven to the Raiders, and especially watching Baltimore move the ball in the second half, I I don't think the Raiders are ready yet. I'll take the Chiefs minus the seven. And um, Denver the, moving the ball in the second half, right? Yeah, yeah. You said Baltimore. Remember, Oh, again? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I knew my what you meant. Lord. That's why I wanted to correct it. It's like, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. I keep, every time I see Flacco, I see Baltimore. It's Baltimore, terrible. Yeah. It's all good. Anyway, the way you're seeing uh, the Broncos, you know what mm-hmm. I meant. Yeah, I know what you meant. The um, Saints and Rams in the rematch. Oh, gosh. The Rams are two and a half. Really? Now, yeah. I don't think they're... I, I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're right. There's something yeah. missing. Yeah, I don't know what the it Rams. is. But I, I got it. I'm gonna take this. And same, by the way, let me just tell same. the people you called it. You said it. You've been saying it all summer. The Rams aren't the Rams. Now they won right. they, they, against the against the Panthers. Right. But I, I, you know, I'm I'm liking the Saints in this game. Yeah, I like the Saints too. I'm still holding by my fact. I don't think the Rams make the playoffs. But they're going to have that first place schedule. They're going to have to travel around and do. And this is one of them. So I like the Saints as well. All right, the Sunday Nighter is a great one. Eagles and Falcons. Falcons, of course, as you know, get shut down against Minnesota. Right. Uh, you know, they're they're it's twenty one nothing. They can't get much started, and then second half they move the ball, but still they're not enough against that Vikings team. They control the ball. They got gassed on the front. Yeah. Now the two problems with Matt Ryan: protection issues along the offensive line. Yep. Now. The Eagles secondary looked vulnerable against Washington. And they didn't get home a lot on the front against Keenum. Keenum able to to get they actually had the lead in that game twenty to seven. Mm-hmm. Actually had a big touchdown that wide open that Keenum missed in the second half, or it could have been a closer. Eagles offense though is unbelievable. Carson right. Wentz looks like he he did two years ago. And he and Deshaun Jackson, the 11-10 matchup. It's the hookup, 11-10. I love the Eagles offense. Eagles offense is unbelievable. Might be a top two offense in the league with a healthy Deshaun Jackson. They're giving two, Lincoln, to Atlanta on the road. Well, speaking of undervalue, I think that's what happens here. I think this Eagle defense has a field day. The front seven has a field day with Atlanta, so they figure out their problems with protection. So I like the the Eagles as well. You know, it's funny because I I think a lot of teams, a lot of people, they look at this game, they go, hey, uh, there's no way the world and the Falcons are going to start off 0-2 by losing at home on a Sunday night. Yeah. Right? But in reality, they got issues. They got fundamental issues. issues. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they could stop the Eagles' offense in the dome inside. So I love the Eagles later two with Philadelphia. Real quick, um, the Cowboys and Redskins. Any thoughts here? Cowboys no. look Cowboys so late. good against the Giants. Yeah, laying six against Washington. Redskins got players that can't even get on the field. So yep, like the Cowboys. Titans look terrific. Laying three and a half to Indianapolis. 
Titans got to go with the Titans. You can't, you can't. No, actually, no. What I, I take that. I think the Colts get them. I like Jacoby Brissett against. You the Titans, like so Jacoby, I, I like Jacoby too. Yeah, I like. And the Colts. then uh, the Bears on the road, two and a half against Denver. Lay it. Yeah. Yeah. I still think Denver's down. Tough to win, mile high. Yeah. All right, everybody, listen. Thanks for listening and hanging out. What a great time, fellas! Are out. We love you. See ya. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.